the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get this one going here on the Dave Ellswick Show as we're at the Capitol right now, and we'll be here all this morning. Uh, big uh, rally going on about uh, uh, open, uh, you know, open uh, education here in the uh, in the state. Ryan Norris is going to join us here in a moment just uh, to tell us exactly what's going to go on. You can be part of this. It is a working, a working event, and what that means is you're going to come. You're going to hear a lot of great speakers. You'll meet a lot of great people. You're going to meet a lot of other Arkansans that you know are just as excited as you are about uh, about all of this but then after the meetings go on downstairs in the rotunda then you'll all span out and fl- and fan out and go and, and meet your uh, state representative or meet your state senator and ask him eye to eye do you support universal school choice and if they say no here's your next your next statement. Why not? Why not? It's working well all across the United States. Why aren't you supporting it? So, and, and you'll know what to say when they say, well, you know, it's going to punish public education. Then you'll know what to say. Believe me, you'll know what to say at that point as well. Jimmy Cavan is here with me as well. Yes, sir. And, you know, you showed up. I asked you, Kevin, not to wear shorts, and you still wear shorts. Yes, sir. <laughs> is that is that like your your signature outfit? Uh, that, I guess I just I just wear to be ten degrees, and I'm in shorts. Oh, I'm sorry. What is it that you like about shorts? Your your legs are ugly. I don't have to wear. I don't have to dress up anymore. I dress like a, I want go. to. So that's that, what that makes sense. That and I got pink on, so everybody knows. Yeah, okay. Well, is that because are we getting? Close to breast awareness or whatever? No, just pink is my signature color. There you go. So, you know, okay, I'm a pink guy. Everybody knows because that. Because you, you do you. That's right. I was That's just right. going to say he must be very, very confident in his masculinity. No, I'm not confident at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, anyway, hey, glad to have you along with us. We were supposed to do this Tuesday. Some things got crossed. Now we're here on Thursday. Now, from now on, during the whole session, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be here, except there will be a time, I believe, at the beginning of March that I'll be in Washington, D.C. one day for CPAC. And CPAC is important. And I always go to CPAC when I can. So we hope to be in CPAC this year. and You can meet and at that time and talk to just about anybody that's uh, anybody as far as a conservative goes. So, Ryan, are you excited? I mean, uh, is everything lined up and ready to go? Yes, we have been working on this for about uh, two months, getting all the plans together. And uh, we've had some awesome events already. On Tuesday night, we had a Teletown Hall with Darrell Bradford of 50 Can. 
an, an awesome speaker, an awesome champion for education that's focused on students. We had over 5,000 people join that phone call. Wow. And uh, Darrell did such a great job of highlighting that when you allow freedom in education to where the consumer, the parents, and the students can make the choices that you see improvements not only just for the children but in the quality of education across almost all systems. And this bears out to be true in Arkansas when you look at some of the best schools that we have in our state, be they private or public, or some of the best scholars that we have in our state, uh, be they private, public, or or homeschoolers, they're coming out of Northwest Arkansas. And now why is that? Well, in Northwest Arkansas, you have some of the greatest amounts of choice. You don't have to just go to the public school system. You have private schools you can choose. You can't maybe afford private school. Maybe you decide to homeschool your child. And so Arkansas is, is already seeing what an ecosystem of education can look like. That's not a one-size-fits-all proposition. So we just need to expand that to more and more students. In fact, actually, let's just expand it to all students and give the, the decision rights on education and how your child's going to be educated into the hands of the parents. Well, I, I'm going to tell you what. Yesterday I had Lori Lee on, and, of course, that's, uh, you know, the Reform Alliance yes. about education, and she was with me. And I've known Lori now for 22 years. We started fighting this fight back in 2001. That's when we started. And uh, the, the beginning of the fight was getting por pornographic books out of school libraries. And she was uh, instrumental in that. And, and so I was uh, talking to her yesterday. She was talking about how great of a job you all are doing and that everybody is has grabbed a rope and is pulling in the same direction on this. And I've never seen her so giddy. I mean, I, yeah. I've known Lori, and she's, she smiles, and she's got a great personality. But she was, Jimmy, she was giddy yesterday. Because I'm giddy. she believes I that so. things are really going to happen yes. this time. I, yes. I, I think it is, too. And, and one thing I'd like to ask Ryan, and you guys do fabulous work. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about the work y'all do. You talked about Northwest Arkansas, and there's a reality up there where there's also realities in Pulaski County where there be mm -hmm. the Little Rock School District, especially the North Little Rock School District, and Pulaski County special, the special school district. school district. Yes, well, uh, it's special, all right. Yes, it is. It's special <laughs> because 75.2 percent of their students district-wide cannot read at grade level. Right. Uh, Pulaski County Special School District is is 70. I won't even talk about Little Rock, but. What can we do, Ryan, as, as community members, what can we do if we get universal school choice passed, which looks like we are, okay, then we have a reality of trying to recruit or educational institutes to come to those problem areas like North Hill to give those parents an option. What can we do yes. on that? So with universal choice, if we structure the education savings accounts, we can have results like what one teacher's done in Florida, Dr. Angela Kennedy, was a public school teacher, and she decided, hey, you know, this top-down approach, one-size-fits-all approach is just not working for me. It's not working for my students. I imagine that there's a better option here. So she left the public school system. She struggled but finally started her own private school called Deeper Root Academy that uses multi-intelligence curriculum where they find out how is the child intelligent. Mm -hmm. Everybody has different intelligence. Intelligence isn't just a one-dimensional thing. Not one size fits all. There's there's you know some folks are 
uh, you know, through kinesiology, their, their body smart is the way she puts it. They're great at gymnastics or sports. There's some that are language you know, intelligent. There's some that are mathematically intelligent. She identifies that. And the students that have come to her, many of them C you know, and B-level students, we're not talking about the, the road scholars that she's pulling away right. from another school, but the kids that needed the help and needed the attention. When she has designed that curriculum around their interests, hockey stick improvement in almost every category of their learning because they're passionate about it. You're telling the curriculum to them or teaching the curriculum to them in a way that they get it and they understand because it connects to their passion. I, I call it entrepreneurship and education. It is. Okay. And that's a good point to make is that additional to that, there are the ideas of micro schools. So a lot of times I say in a rural school district, you know, if we lose, lose teachers, what, what are we going to do? We, you know, there, and there are no options. Well, there are micro schools that are popping up around the nation to where a, a teacher decides, you know what, I'm going to do the whole one-room schoolhouse idea, get 10 students together. I'm going to teach them and... And that's going to be how I'm going to go about doing education. And micro schools are showing great promise. So basically, it's almost like the idea of a you have a professional licensed teacher, but in almost like a homeschool uh, co-op kind of approach. Well, I so, should I should have talked to Aaron before I came and had him uh, download uh, Little House on the Prairie uh, theme <laughs> from television. Yeah, yeah. well, no, is that what that sounds yeah, like? But yeah. I mean, it's effective. It, you it get is. back to individualized. Education instead of one size all fits all curriculum, right? Yes, yes. And, and what I love, and you hit on this, you hit on this. Education choice. This is about freedom. All of the major decisions that we make in our life, our founders set up a system in which we could make the decisions. We could make the choices. They weren't being made for us. We were making them. And you cannot get a more important decision in your life than how your child will be educated. But freedom is not just for the parents. We need to also free up our, our schools. The teachers. Then, and particularly the teachers to let them teach to their passions and not to burden them with so much bureaucracy that, that their paperwork keeps them hours and hours beyond the school day and just grinds them down with all these regulations. And you know, Ryan, what that will do, that, will, that pulls away the, uh, the curtain. That will tell you who are the good teachers and who are the teachers that are not good at their profession. And if they're not good at their profession, if they're not doing what, what, they're suppo- what, they're, what they've been hired to do, then it's time for them to find another profession. That, yeah. That's what we do with coaches, right? That's what we do with talk show hosts, <laughs> even. Yeah. All right? If you don't produce, you go somewhere else yeah. and do something else. Yes, and that goes to the point of accountability. Is, uh, many times the argument is like, well, if we do this, who's going to hold micro schools accountable? Who's going to hold private schools accountable? Who's going to hold you know, all these other potential? You are. The parent will. Let me tell you, if you are a business that is not producing a result your customer wants, you will collapse. However, when you have a monopoly like public school education has been, you fail and you get more. There is no incentive for improvement you get, because no one holds you accountable. Well, actually, superintendents like Tony Thurman get $30,000 bonuses for failure. <laughs> so, well, there's, there's a He's dis- such an easy target. There, he is. There's well, a I mean, disconnect. Easy, though, right? <laughs> In the conversations that I have, there's a disconnect between how teachers feel 
about their relationship with their administrators. Big and disconnect. Many of them do not feel supported. I think that there is a lot that we can do. You asked a question about what could we do as parents. Well, one thing I've said, and I've said this on Dave's show, if you're a parent of a student, you need to make sure that your, your student understands they need to respect their teachers, that they need to give them honor for the role that they play in their life. I have had m very important teachers in my life, and I still give them honor to this day. They're still Mr. Adams or Mrs. Parrish. You know, and whenever there was a tie at base about my discipline in my household, tie always went to teacher. That's oh. exactly oh, right. Yeah. So I've, I've had those times where my dad has, uh, has pulled out that leather belt when I was a kiddo and corrected my attitude at, in regard to how it was to my teacher. All right, got to get our first break in. We're live at the Capitol today. This is where it all happens over the next few months. A lot of things will be discussed, cussed. You know, they'll figure out how to how to put it in writing, and they'll pass it as bills, and some of them will be defeated, some of them will pass, but the ones that pass will have a, have a direct impact upon you and your family. I'm going to keep you up on all of that right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. About something that I think is very, very important to consider. You know, this is one of the, or is supposed to be, one of the freest nations on the planet. When it was first birth, it was one of the freest nations on the, on the planet. But you want to know what? Freedom is scary. Here's what freedom means. Freedom means you get to make the choice for what you want to do for your family and for yourself without the government telling you how to do it, why to do it, you know, in all the ifs and ands and buts. You get to make some choices here. I'm excited for parents. I wish I'd had uh, some of these choices when I was in school, which my parents had as well. When I was in school, you know, uh, public schools were rolling right along and doing a good job because they didn't have a lot of this crazy stuff in it. You didn't have to worry about, you know, some drag queen showing up at the, pub at the uh, school library to dance or whatever. And your, and your child being subjected to that. You didn't have those kinds of things. Uh, there were some big fights. Uh, you remember all that new math that we had just here recently? Hey, they fought that when I was in fifth grade in Indiana. I had to repeat half a year of fifth grade because I had to go back and learn real math instead of the new math. They called it the new math then. But here's the key. Freedom allows you to make the important choices. And yes, that is at times scary because it has repercussions. It will always have repercussions. Your whole life has had repercussions by the decisions you've made. Don't look to the government to make them for it. Now's the time that you're being offered the opportunity to make it for your child. Yes, yes, 100%. Freedom is scary. And also, when we are exercising our freedom, the way that our founders structured our country was that we also had to be comfortable with how someone else would live their freedom. Mm -hmm. So what may be right for Dave may not be right for Ryan. That's not true, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so we have to also be confident in that, that if, if one of, uh, through education choice, if someone decides that they want to send their child to a religious school that may not be our religious affiliation, we have to be okay with that. 
If we want a pluralistic society, then we cannot be mass-producing, trying to mass-produce citizens in a one-size-fits-all widget machine through our public schools. We need to, in fact, I would say that as education is obtained, no matter where you're getting that, as, as education increases, knowledge increases, wisdom is added to that, you have people with different sets of ideologies who will be able to interact more civilly than if we bunch them all together and then we, we say, okay, everybody's got to you know, get along. And so my, uh, in my vision, Campus Arkansas exists to where you can have a student that's in a public school part of the time, can be taking, using part of their ESA to get virtual schooling from maybe a private school. You know, it, there isn't limitations on this. Or you may have your child in a public school and they don't, I've, I've been mentioning this, they don't have chemistry because they don't, they're small rural school, they don't have a big chemistry lab. Uh, but you're close enough to a school that's bigger that does have a chemistry lab. They've got room, they've got a place for a student, you can go there and get your chemistry class or your or your uh, calculus class or whatever class, right. that, physics, whatever you need. So I say this, my experience was I moved from a large school district in another state to a town that had less population than my school had. But I remember my chemistry teacher in junior year when I first arrived to Arkansas, Mr. Adams, he said, I've got good news and bad news for you. The, the bad news is we're a poor school here and we don't have all the chemicals and fancy lab equipment. He goes, but the good news is I know my chemistry, and I know how to do chemical equations upside down and backwards, and you're going to know how that is. And so I know how to measure moles. He, he, yes, yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was thinking out there that it was at 6.22 times 10 to the 23rd. Yeah. I think I'd yeah. still keep that in my head. Yeah. But he, is, he was an amazing teacher. Everyone that went through uh, that, those classes did well because he had a passion for it. He taught us how to chemistry without mixing the chemicals. That's we could do it on cool. paper. He was amazing. Well, the the best like tractor doesn't make you the best farmer. That's true. That's and, true. And uh, that, I think that's to your point. Yes. And uh, I think, you know, that goes back to talking about freedom. We've also got to allow teachers not to indoctrinate, but allow them the freedom to individually teach students yes. instead of these one-size-fits-all curriculums that they're not allowed to deviate from. It's, yes. it's the same for every kid, but every kid doesn't learn the same. You were touching on that, right? Yes. And, and so to that point... I have spoken with teachers who have stepped out, from uh, deviated from the curriculum to improve their students. In this particular instance, it was in reading. She tried something different that wasn't in the, the standardized curriculum. Her students showed improved above average, and guess what happened? She didn't get a reward for that. Got she, slapped. She got she slapped, slapped for that. Absolutely. And so what does that make that teacher feel? Defeated. I Defeated. Mean, yeah. And so we, we support teachers in education freedom is for teachers who are tired of the status quo and are ready to innovate and they think that they have better ways of going about educating our children. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to be talking about this all day today. Stay in tune as many uh, minutes of the hour as you can, of this hour, next hour, the hour after, and then the final hour at 10 o'clock. Go to 11 o'clock. Jimmy's going to be with me. We're going to have all kinds of guests here. Ryan will have to be moving away in the near future because he's got to get everything ready to go for the rally. But uh, we've got a lot of great people that are going to come by and visit with us. And I expect some people just kind of drop by uh, here on the Dave Elswick Show. It's all the way it has worked. Let's take a break. All right, back with you here on the Dave Elswick. Good to have you with us. Uh, Ryan Norris is our special guest uh, for this hour. He is the uh, chair of the Arkansas 
division, I guess, of Americans for Prosperity. They've got a big rally that's going to happen starting at 10 o'clock today. The governor will kick it off at 10 o'clock with a speech. You want to be here? Come on. They're looking for you. They'd like you to come on in. Uh, and uh, you'll hear a lot of great speakers today. And then uh, they'd like you to go see your uh, elected official, whether it's your House member or your, your senator, and uh, talk to them about universal school choice. Here also, Jimmy Cavan, always a pleasure to have him on the air with us as well. Uh, Ryan, I know you've been talking to the governor. You've been talking to you know her chief of staff, uh, Gretchen Conyer, mm -hmm. uh, who of course comes from Arizona. Uh, one of your speakers today comes from Arizona. I'm looking forward uh, to meeting him uh, here on the show. But uh, why don't you? There's a lot of people that we're at that point now. The, the session has started, and everybody's saying, "What's going to happen?" Well, what's going to happen? So everyone is really focused in on the main components of this, which, of course, would be the, uh, the education savings account component, which where a percentage of the state-based funding would be allowed to a student to use that how they need it. They can use it for private school education. They can use it for micro-schooling. They can use it for, uh, for schooling at home. Uh, so there's that right there. There's accountability components in that too, that the students that accept these must also show some mastery of what they are learning, show education growth, because this isn't just about the systems. This is about a system that supports education growth of all of our students. It's called results. Yes, results, looking for results and allowing flexibility to change the systems when we see the results aren't there. That's what the beauty of education, freedom, education choice is about. To that point, what she also has talked about in her, uh, in her bill is a very keen focus on literacy. Literacy is a top-tier issue. It is, it is something that, that if you don't get that right, you, K through 3, you learn to read. After that, you're reading to learn. And if you do not get your reading uh, skill mastered by 3, they can usually start making predictions about what your life's going to be like. And so she's focused in on that because she, again, sees this and cares for every child in the state of Arkansas. And in that, they're looking at hiring reading coaches that would be specialized in helping train teachers and, and coach teachers to become better at improving reading with their students, but also to help the hardest cases of, of students that are falling behind in their reading and bring them up to speed. And then also there's a component in this that would allow for some tutoring dollars for families that if you have a, a student that's really struggling in reading or if we have some of our uh, citizens in the state of Arkansas that may have English as a second language and they're struggling with that, then there's money that can be put aside for them to receive additional tutoring to improve those reading scores. Um, so that's a component uh, on the, top uh, of that as well. One thing I'd like to ask you, Ryan, is is and I'm and I'm so happy to hear what you're saying about the focus on reading because that's a cornerstone of education reading comprehension, but we've also got the reality that we have students on what are called individual education plans, 504s, special needs students. Mm -hmm. The one of the challenges in doing this too is those those special needs children. What does open school, open universal open school choice look like 
for those kids with special needs. Yes, well, in, in uh, the, for example, the ESA dollars in Arizona, they can be used for additional education therapies and all kinds of things that may not be available in your public school or in your private school. Now, there's this myth that private schools do not take students that have special needs. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, that, uh, in fact, many of the scholarships, such as the Succeed Scholarship here in Arkansas, is designed for students with those kind right. of needs that need to go into there. So uh, I think that it, the statistic that I've heard is that 16% of those that are, that are using choice are... Uh, you know, have issues with uh, with reading and need reading therapy, or with uh, education need edu- special education needs. So that's above the average for traditional public schools. Do you anticipate? We talked about micro schools. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate the growth in micro schools for special needs children, for kids with autism, things like that? It could be. It definitely could be. Uh, it's hard to predict the future on those kind of things, but I could see that potentially someone says, hey, you know, I think I could take four or five of these kids and really help them improve their education. And, and so that's the beauty of it again, is entrepreneurship, innovation will not be restricted because the system says we're a closed system. We're opening it up to say, hey, all that matters is, will that child improve in their education? And additional to the ESA in there is, statewide open enrollment of the public schools. So if you are in a public school district by residential assignment, by zip code, then uh, you are... Which handcuffs you. Yeah, handcuffs you to there. Uh, Currently, there's a 3% cap on those that can migrate between school districts. Those caps are often met uh, very quickly. But if, if we have a teacher and a space at a public school, so basically we have capacity, those seats should be available to students who want to apply for them. And there needs to be a fair and transparent way of saying who gets to get into those seats, much like we do with our charters. Like, like the Arkansas Better Chance program, like yes. the ABC program, right? Yes, yes, very similar to that. And so the idea is is to, we're not leaving public schools behind in this. Public schools are still going to get the attention that they need. There's block grants that still go to, to, to the schools. Not all the money that, that uh, a public school child receives the, from the state, uh, not all that money will be given to an ESA kid. Uh, there's a percentage, you know, that, that would be held back. There's, and then the local dollars, you know, even if I was to create a micro school or even a charter school or a private school, I don't get any of the local bond money. I don't get any of the, the millage tax money that's raised. So you're not educating that child, yes, but you still maintain a portion of what the state provides for that child. And you get all those millage taxes and everything else as right. well. Yeah, that's that's great. That's great. So so lots of lots of good things, including uh, some additional safety uh, components for our public schools, with an emphasis on mental health care and trying to help our children uh, with get access to mental health care. Arkansas, we rank like 48th and 49th in mental health care access for our youth, and I think we're like. So 20th. what's what's so surprising about that? We rank 47th, 48th in education. Yeah. 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 It, uh, well, well, we're. I think that this approach is very uh, ambitious. It's very big and bold, but it also does attempt to really stay focused in on what does the child need. When you start peeling these layers away, it's about what does the child need, not what does the, what does the system need. What systems will support the child, not how do we get the child to support the systems? All right, Ryan. I, you just hit something that I've been saying for eight years. 
I've been waiting for someone in the governor's office to be big and bold and brash and try to uh, move us forward. Looks like it's going to be a woman who does it first, yes. and I'm all excited about that. So let's take a break. By the way, I want to give a, a nod out to Mark Martin, who used to be the Secretary of State. I want to give a, a, a nod to John Thurston. I remember when I first started here, and the marble here in the state capitol was brown, literally brown from all the smoke that people, the cigarettes that they had uh, smoked and all that. Uh, that's not the way it is anymore. It is absolutely, it is absolutely beautiful in here. I, I haven't been here in four years doing my show. I forgot how gorgeous our capital really is. If you never come to see it, you need to come over and visit it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great place. Although I will say it echoes. Okay, when you get a lot of people in here, it gets loud. All right, Dave Ellswick show quarter till eight. Ryan Norris with us until eight o'clock, right here on one one FM. The answer. All right, we're not opening the, the uh, phone lines up at this time because, uh, well, it makes it, it, makes it difficult uh, with the technology that we have. So we're not going to do that. So just kind of settle back, enjoy your cup of coffee. You're driving to work as much as you can. As I was listening to the traffic, sounds like there's some problems out there. So Ryan Norris is our guest, Americans for Prosperity, the Arkansas chapter. They're having a huge rally today going to start at 10 o'clock. You're going to get to hear a lot of the people that are speaking, and they're going to come up here and, and talk with us, and Jimmy and I, I feel so just really honored to sit here, and some of the people that are going to come up and sit down and talk to us and answer questions and, and go over uh, universal school choice with us. I'm really excited about this. I've been, been wanting to see this happen for a long time. I really turned my, my jets on, my afterburners on in 2010, and that's when at that time, a state representative came to my show, and he started talking about the money following the students. And at that time, we were having problems trying to do things in education because, uh, uh, you know, they wanted everything to be equitable. Uh, I mean, that started a long time ago. That's just not a new word. And uh, it was, they were giving everybody, pro uh, you know, problems about it. And, uh, well... Bottom line was this guy by the name of Bruce Westerman sat down on my show and started saying, here's how we get around that. Because we, we take the amount of money that each student, that would be spent on each student by the state, and we let the parents decide where they want to go. Right. 2010. Now, here we are sitting in 2023. And it goes to show you that you got, it's like the left does. They start, and then they just keep on pushing until it finally brings it to fruition. Here we are now, and we're going to see all this come together this year in the, uh, uh, the legislature. Yes, I believe that to be so. And it needs to be reminded that this isn't just a policy, a policy issue. This is a seismic change. This is a freedom issue. Yes, it is. Do you trust yourself to make the best decisions for you and your family? Or do you trust a system that doesn't even know that you exist most times? Okay, are you going to, are, are, is your organization going to have little meetings and stuff to help parents determine 
uh, well, how do I know this school is better than that school and things of that nature? So uh, when, when the bill gets passed, what we, what we anticipate doing is going on a tour of the state of Arkansas and talking about what's in this and how it can be used by families so that they know what their options are. You know, because once you, once you get the marketplace set up, you need people to participate in it. And so we are planning on having a uh, robust tour around the state of Arkansas, going into all corners, and just having conversations about, hey, what does the bill say? How does this help you? Here are your options. Now you have a menu of things to choose from. How do you want to go about that? Yeah, uh, let, me, let me just just aside here, because I'm going to have you on all day from time to time. Uh, question for you. You're a parent. You decide which school you want to go to. Mm-hmm. You got X amount of dollars. You get to that school, maybe you find that your student is a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to have a tutor to help them out. Um, How do you make sure that the dollars that you have are going to cover not only going to that school, but also maybe going out and finding a tutor? Yeah. So that's the way that the ESA in Arizona was actually written. There is actually a list of many items in there, including, I think, some for uh, extracurricular activities that can be... uh, that can be given education credits. And so that can, that's a, a potentiality. Also, shameless plug in a way, Stand Together Foundation and Yes Every Kid and Khan Academy actually have schoolhouse.world, which is a free tutoring, uh, online tutoring program to where you connect to someone in real time, a real person who will help your child learn all the major core, uh, Very core cool. curriculums. Totally free to you. You just need to have computer access. So uh, that's one way of doing it. It doesn't cost you a dime. But, but within ESAs, there are uh, opportunities to use those dollars for what your child needs. So it's not saying this is what the system says that you get. It's saying, here's your dollars. What do you need to do with them to get your child the yeah, best that's education? Yeah, you know, that's the point I'm trying to make. If you're, you're a parent, you go to these schools, you should ask them, how much is this going to cost me in my ESA? And if my child needs a, a tutor or something like that, how much is it going to leave me to go get that tutor? I, these are things you're going to have to think about. Yeah. Now, I've had people say, well, Dave, you know, there's some parents that don't, don't give a damn. Well, guess what? They don't give a damn with it the way it is now. They won't give a damn the way it is going no. to be. Or maybe we need to give them a reason to yeah, give a damn. Maybe right. this would be the impetus that lights a fire <clears throat> under their rear ends. And, and says to them, you know, my kid can have a better future than I had. I'm hoping that happens. Right. Motivation. Right. Yeah. Motivation. I mean, I give this story all the time. Uh, my parents, they sacrificed to put us into a school district, into a, into a zip code they could, they could afford a house in. That was the best possible uh, district in the state that we lived in at the time. They sacrificed. My dad worked long hours. My dad uh, did extra jobs, whatever it took to keep us there. And we struggled. There was times that we really struggled as a family. I've talked about you on the air yeah. about that. And, yeah. and so I don't want future little Ryans or present little Ryans whose family want the best for them but can't afford it, be that send them to a, to a private school or be that send them to a public school that has a space available but they're shut out because of these arbitrary district lines. Well, you've got uh, little Norris's running around now. I do. She's, she's uh, just turned 10. Yeah. Got her ears pierced. It's a big day. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I know we're going to go to break. Can I get something real quick? Yeah, I want to tell people. One minute. Uh, American for Prosperity, but what what I'm big on, what Dave's big on, is facts, not fiction, right? 
I would encourage you guys to start following Ryan Norris because sitting here talking to him, what he's giving is detailed facts. He's not talking bullet points. He's not talking headlines. He's giving you detailed facts about the education and the process. I'd encourage you guys to not just follow Americans for Prosperity, but to fi- follow Ryan and, uh, and get some real information. You got a Twitter account? Uh, I do. I do. I use it rarely. I follow a lot of people. I don't post all that much. Yeah, Facebook I, I, page? I, need, I do. Uh, you can yeah, find me, Ryan Norris, uh, on Facebook. Are you talking about this a lot on Facebook? Uh, I don't. Usually mine's just aspirational quotes and all the things that I learn outside of the work that I do. Well, I'm going to push you to start talking about it because you're, you're going you're depth, good, and that's Ryan. what we need. That's why I have yeah. you on the air. You know that. Well, I, hey, I, maybe I need to just up my confidence a little more to expand my yes. audience. Yeah, we get you on here more often. I need some Dave confidence. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back. The, uh, the rally is going to start here in two hours. Governor's going to speak, and then a whole lot of other important people are going to speak, and a lot of those important people are going to make their ways by here as we broadcast from the Capitol today. Jimmy is going to be with me. I'll be here. You need to be here as much as you can listening to the show here on 101.1 FM. The Capitol here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to uh, have you along with us. I know some of you making your way into work right now. you got some obstacles to make your way around. Uh, Aaron will keep you up to date on the traffic so that you know the easiest and fastest way to to get into the city. Uh, We're broadcasting live today from the Capitol. We'll be broadcasting from now on on Tuesdays and Thursdays and covering everything that's going on as far as uh, our state legislature. That's something that I've always felt was important that you know about what's happening here. And look, I've been here when the Democrats were in charge, and now I'm here while the Republicans are in charge. I like to think that I had a little bit of, uh, you know, some responsibility for getting the Republicans in charge, but that's a, it's a good thing. Miss Ford is with us today. If, have you ever seen the movie about the lady who lived in D.C. who wanted to send her child to a private school and she had to literally fight the president of the United States about it? She did. And, and I'm, I'm jacked up that you were sitting here. I'm not going to lie. I'm so excited <laughs> to meet you in person. Thank you so much. I am delighted to be here. Anytime I can talk about what has happened in the past and how it benefits or affects children, I'm always excited. So how many years have you been fighting for school choice? Over 20. Over 20. She and I have a lot in common now. Yeah. I started in 2000 when I got here in, little, in, in, in Arkansas. Well, I started in 1998. There we go. All, All right. right. I got you. You knew that it was important. I did. I know how important it is. And it does not amaze you it has taken this long to convince people that if you continue to run into a marble wall and the kids are suffering because they're not learning, that maybe you should try something different? Absolutely. I mean, that's actually what I've been asking for years. I've just said, okay, tell me what the problem is. Tell me why we can't listen to what parents are saying or do what is best for the children. Tell me that again. Nobody can tell me. Of you course, know, because so there is no answer. There's, well, there is an answer. We can put the resources into the hands of the parents and allow them... No, I'm saying they have no... I should have said that. They have no reasonable answer for right. why we want to continue to do it the same way. No, they just want to fight. You know, they want the money. They want the money. It's money, power, 
it, it's just ridiculous because this is not about anything but children. Yes. And if we don't figure this out, we are really setting ourselves up for a bad future. You know, we've got to figure out how to make sure the children are getting the education they deserve. Well, and I think what you're doing is, is amazing. And they, because what I try to tell people is, you know, we're not spraying chickens. What we're fighting for, we're never going to probably be free to the big results. But what we're fighting for, for real, <laughs> what we're fighting for, the reality is, is we're not going to see the full results that we're fighting for. But it's it's about the future. I've said that. Right. This is for my grandkids. Yes. Um, and my grandkids. And you know, it's interesting that you said that because at the beginning of the fight, you know, I was fighting for my child. I had a son that was really struggling and getting in trouble and not doing well. And I thought as his mother that I had to advocate for him. I had to stand up and speak out. By the time we got any success, at least in Washington, D.C., where we were fighting initially, my son was grown, you know. And I remember telling members of Congress, you know, I'm fighting for all children. My son will not be the beneficiary of the scholarship programs if it's, it passes. But, you know, there will be thousands of other children that will be the beneficiaries. And so it just made me even more passionate about fighting for all children, you know. And, uh, and so that's what I've done. I can't stop. You know, I thought this would last five or six years, and I can't stop. And it makes me uh, absolutely upset when I think about what kids are going through now and how we have not been able to provide them with what they deserve. So it's... it's this is a hard fight, you know. And well, you know, it is a hard not, fight. I'm certainly not a spring chicken. I've been doing it over 20 years, and uh, I would like to retire one day, but yeah. I will not leave the fight until I, I see America's children in a better educational environment. It was a tw in 2010, Jimmy. I told you that I began to see a, ch a turn. There was a small turn. Of course, the Republicans started to come into power in 2010. But there was a state representative, his name is Bruce Weston. Of course. I'm looking, I'm looking. Of course. Just forward smiling. All right, and Bruce Westman came and sat down at this table in the exact spot that we're sitting at right now. Well, I take that back. That's when B.B. was uh, governor. I was one floor up, because they didn't even want them people to know that I was here. But uh, he came on the show. And he said, Dave, I got a great idea. What if we let the money go with the, uh, the students? Because the Lakeview case was stopping everything. And he came up with that idea, and I've been ballyhooing it since 2010. I can't wait till he's back in, in state again, and I can bring him here, and he can talk about maybe he feels a little vindicated because you'll remember this. He was called every name in the book but his real name. Right. He was, and he was wonderful. And it was people like him that really gave me the support that I needed to keep doing. Because you know I got beat up. Oh, yeah. And uh, But you stood up every time. But, you stood up. but I did. You know, somebody told me one time, it, when you get beat up, you know, the, the thing that shows the power of the uh, perseverance or whatever is how you stand up. 
and uh, and I stood up every time for the children. And so, it, you know, it's a continual thing, and people just don't seem to get it. You know, and I still can beat up, so I don't, I don't do a lot of radio and, and I those kind of things because I always have to defend my position. I and hear you, though. I'm angry about having to defend my defend my position. Yeah, don't have to defend it. I I'm right there beside you. I've been standing. We've been standing shoulder to shoulder. Just didn't know it. I I got to give her all the credit in the world because, uh, you know. Ms. Ford is African-American, and she stood against the first African-American president of the United States, and that, that had to be one of the most difficult things to do. Oh, it was, and, and, and remembering back to that time, you know, 90% of the parents that I was serving, that I was fighting for, had voted the first time in their lives for this president. Yeah, and I understood that. Yeah, I, I got it too, but when they, when he went after the DC Opportunity Scholarship Program, I had to say, to, somebody said to me, President Obama will protect this program. And I said, no, he won't. You know, and I had to explain to them what was going on. And people cried. It's sad. Well, it was with, sad. It was heartbreaking. With you, it's not about color. It's not about partisanship. Nope. It's about kids. Absolutely. Why do we... I, we I don't know why we all have to go to our corners when it comes to color or partisanship when we're talking about children. I know. That's very frustrating. It is very, very frustrating, and I can't tell you how many meetings I've walked out of over the last 20 years because there was not a mention of children. It was a mention of everything but children. And I have said repeatedly over the years, I'm fighting for the kids and for their parents. Yeah, you guys go have your food fight Period. over there and let's, let's, right. let's do it for the kids. That's right. That's right. That's right. The so, one thing that, that I always hear about this, this lady right here, is, I'm so happy to be here with you, is relentless. That's what you're labeled, relentless. You're labeled that for a reason because that's what it takes. Dave's been working since 2010. You've been with, you, you refuse to take no for an answer. We live in a society where we don't demand excellence, we demand mediocre, and you're, you're not putting up with that, are you? Absolutely not. You know, when I look at my children, I have three really fine adult children. But when I look at what we had to go through to get them to the point where they are today, then, you know, I say no other parent should have had to go through what I went through. I mean, I got put out of meetings. I got somebody told me at the, down the school board, you know, you got like three folders of stuff about you down here. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to make it four or five. Yeah. <laughs> so. See, it didn't start in Virginia. <laughs> this has been going on forever. Yeah. I, I've, when I went to my child's classroom one time and was complaining about creative writing, which is a, teaching a child to write and not worrying about can they spell or anything, creatively expressing themselves. And I, and I started asking questions. They started talking to me like it was dirt. Oh, I know. I'll never forget that. And I, I won't put up with that. My, my dad was a steel worker. He'd never allow that to happen. And so I, I stood up to him. And the, the lady says, well, what would you say we do then, Mr. Ellswick? I mean, computers are taking over. They'll have spell check. And I looked at her and I said, there, there, and there. Which one do you use? Thank you. You know, the first time one of my children came home and they couldn't they did, he, he did a paper 
And he said, Mama, will you just get the paper and go through it and, you know, show me what I've done wrong or right or whatever. And I had a red pencil. There we go. And every, You're going to bleed on oh, the paper. Oh, every other word was wrong. Yeah. Every other sentence was wrong. And when I gave it back to him, he said, well, it's all red, Mama. I said, you need to do it over again. You need to think about what you're writing. You need to think about how you're doing this. He said, but that's not how I was taught. You know? And I said, I know. Well, I'm going to teach you. And we, we worked on that paper and worked on that paper, and it was beautiful. And his teacher said when he turned it in, I know you didn't do it. Somebody did this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I had to go up there and be very um, forthcoming yeah. with that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said he that. He did that, you know. And, and this is what I'm seeing, you know, now watching my grandchildren. You know, I've been blessed because my grandchildren are in private Christian schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, three of them and one is in a Catholic school and all own scholarship. Fantastic. And, um, and I see my children having a different experience with education that I did. All I want, all I pray for, is that children will be in educational environments where they can thrive. And whatever we as a country, as a people, whatever we have to do to make sure that happens, I think it's our responsibility. I think we should sit down and figure it out. Forget parties, forget you against this and you're for this or whatever. Let's look at a child. I used to tell the parents that I served in Washington as we were fighting for the scholarship program in Washington, put a picture of your child in your pocket. And every time you get mad or every time somebody calls you a name or every time they say you're stupid or brainwashed or whatever, they called us all of that. Take that picture of your child out. Take a look at it and remember who you fight against. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use just what you said because I think that's great. I'm gonna use it as a promo. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It speaks volumes. It really speaks volumes. All right, let's take a break. Uh, I know that Aaron wants me to do that. We got more traffic and things of that nature. Let's do that. But we'll come back and we have one more segment uh, with Miss Ford, and we'll talk to her a little further. And then I want to tie together that story I just told you about my son and creative writing, and a work-related thing that happened to me not but a few years back dealing with about writing that's all coming up on the Dave Ellsworth show. all right let's continue here from the Capitol on the Dave Ellsworth show uh, Miss Ford is with us she's talking about her fight her struggle her desire to help children to be able to learn here in our country and to be fought from every angle with every step that you tried to go forward to find people who didn't want to to, to, to support you and things of that nature. I'd like to share with you, I gave you that story about my son and about, uh, you know, the whole thing about creative writing. Well, let me fast forward about 22 years, and I was the program director at another radio station here in, in Little Rock and uh, at a news talk station, and a news person came to me and said, Dave, look at this story. I wanted to to see it and uh, and she was looking for validation and I looked at the story and uh, my bad I took out a red pen uh, to, to correct it 
And, and she gave it to me, and I read it, and I, I corrected it. And I said, you know, you got some really great ideas here. This is a good story, but you need to correct some things. I handed it back, and it did look like I had arterial bleeding <laughs> on, her, on, her, on her paper. Well, here's what happened. She took that paper and went to my general manager and told me that she told him that she felt that she was working in a hostile work environment before because I had not understood how great her story really was and wanted to correct it. And my GM called me and said, Dave, you're going to have to take this one and just understand that the people that are working for you now don't think the way you do anymore. And I mean, that's a perfect example. It is. That's what that teacher told me. Right. She warned me. And here we are. It is a perfect example. You see more and more kids failing in the workplace because they don't have some of the tools they need to think straight. You know, this is about teaching kids how to think. Yes. Think how to observe, how to make sure that whatever they're writing about or talking about is full of facts. And I used to tell those low-income parents who never even been to I would tell them all the time, do not ask to speak unless you have the right information. Speak articulately. Don't be screaming and yelling. Actually, a reporter told me one time, you know why we keep coming back to you? Because you don't yell. And you always have a practice. Well, you're not I Sheila Jackson, that's for sure. <laughs> you're not Sheila Jackson. No, I'm not. <laughs> Virginia Walton Ford. And, um, you know, uh, we were laughing about it the other day. You, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody just actually hates me. Because even though there were differences of opinion, I always carried myself with grace and dignity. Cause that's that's the way you should. That's what my told me. You know, and uh, my parents were teachers in public school. My father was the first black administrator in the New York School District. You know, you think somebody got beat up. When oh, Daddy was Lord. hired in 1957 or 1967, he, uh, you know, we had to be protected. I had four sisters and uh, followed around, so we were little princesses. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, you have to still continue. He's, he's been gone a long time, but the one thing I always remember, and I hear him when I'm speaking or when I'm doing whatever, I hear him saying, know what you're talking about, know what you're talking about, and carry yourself with dignity, and that's what I do. All right, so we're, we're out of time. Oh gosh, wish I could he have you here for three hours. To be I can talk to you all day. Oh, yeah, thank you. I can talk to you all. You can hear her speak live right here at the rally. Make sure you get here at ten o'clock. It gets underway. The governor will be speaking at that time, and then a lot of other important people as well. All about school choice. Don't miss it. Sean Hannity on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, I promised you we we're going to have a bunch of great guests on. This is the gentleman that I've been wanting to talk to. I'll be honest, I've been really wanting to talk to him. Uh, he's a former state senator from the great state of Arizona. Mr. Yarborough is joining us here. He's here to speak at the rally today. And uh, he's a man who is uh, 
important in that he worked with the governor of Arizona, uh, Ducey, Governor Ducey, uh, in getting universal school choice brought to the great state of Arizona. You got to feel good about that. I mean, if we move up on the microphone so we can hear you real well, because this whole place is made out of marble and it echoes, <laughs> as you've noticed. Yes, sir. So, uh, tell me about how it all came about. Well, it actually goes back uh, to 1997 when a uh, former one-term representative, state representative, Trent Franks, had the, the first idea for a scholarship tax credit bill. And he went back and promoted it with some friends who were still in the legislature and lo and behold, uh, got that bill passed in 1997. Uh, we promptly were uh, taken to the Arizona Supreme Court where the case was litigated. What we, a big surprise. Yeah, <laughs> we prevailed there. But as soon as we prevailed there, we were sued in federal court and we spent 12 years litigating that case in federal court we were twice in the district court, three times in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, where, of course, we lost every time there. And then we went to the United States Supreme Court twice. Once we lost on a technical issue that we had raised, and then ultimately in 2011, uh, we prevailed. The United States Supreme Court, uh, by a five to four vote, approved uh, the law. And uh, we've been uh, running full speed since then. Uh, I managed uh, to uh, sponsor 25 different school choice bills successfully over the next 16 years that I was uh, in the legislature. And the one that you just mentioned in the last session, I don't really claim much credit at all for that, but Ben Toma, who was the House Majority Leader uh, in Arizona, uh, advanced a, a very, very relentlessly universal ESAs and I can talk about the difference between scholarship tax credits and empowerment scholarship accounts I wrote both of those uh, but those uh, uh, that bill was uh, passed successfully uh, we had a huge signing ceremony in June Governor Ducey uh, went to one of the uh, local uh, Christian schools and we had uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, people showed up for that signing, and, uh, and he signed it. But now we have a little, uh, uh, what should I say, some uh, clouds on the horizon in that regard, the point you initially made. But here, here's the question, though. They're going to fight this in state court first. That's what they're going to do, and they'll probably win because they won in West Virginia here just recently. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other state that they won in. There's another state. I think Kentucky, maybe. Kentucky, that's right. All right, statewide you might win, but because of the Supreme Court decision here recently dealing either with Vermont or Maine, 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 they're going to lose when it gets to federal court. Well, we certainly hope so. That turned out to be the case previously. It just it took a long time and a lot of energy. I mean, to think about it, a, a lawsuit that went on for 12 years. I mean, that that took uh, a lot of time and energy yeah. and resources. Uh, for us to, to fight that particular fight. Uh, Arizona is a unique state in this regard. We have recall referendum and initiatives all in our constitution. The, uh, the teachers union uh, is um, making sounds about wanting to do an initiative and try to repeal the uh, ESAs. 
they tried to get enough signatures to refer the universal ESA bill to the to the voters, but they failed. Uh, quite honestly, I'll tell you, I was surprised that they failed, uh, but they came up about 30,000 signatures short back in September. Now, Gretchen Conger is here. Yes. Works with the, with the, uh, the governor uh, on her staff. She was instrumental in defeating them. Yes, Gretchen uh, was the deputy chief of staff, and for Governor Ducey, she's the chief of staff here yes. now for Senator for for Governor Sanders. And uh, yes, uh, Gretchen's a good friend, and uh, she is uh, very, very, uh, what shall I say, extraordinarily capable at what she does. Yeah, I haven't met her yet. I'm looking forward to it. Well, oh, you like these, her. Are, these are my heroes. Now. <laughs> these are, these, these are, no, look. These are, these are people, my heroes. You've been working on this since the turn, uh, the turn of the century, okay? <laughs> since the turn of the century, and you didn't give up. You kept on chipping away, chip by chip, chip by, by chip. chip. Yes. And you did that, and the dam fell. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I was the, the, the relentless guy who every session would be back with another little increase in school choice. And like I say, 25 different bills. Uh, that that I did that way, but I'll confess. Last year, when Majority Leader in the House Ben Toma said, "No, I want to go for a universal ESA program," and I said, "Ben, you know, uh, couldn't we maybe just keep taking little bikes?" And he said, "I don't want any more little bikes." And he was wrong. I he he was right. I was wrong about that because he pulled it off. Well, here's what the governor of Arizona said about that. We went from zero to 100 in one session. Well, I think that's they what proved it can be done. Yes, it can be yeah. done, and we're going to do it here in Arkansas. And that's the reason I came here uh, and am speaking with legislators and on your wonderful radio show and, and to the rally later today. I'm doing whatever I can, just as Joe Citizen, to encourage the folks in Arkansas to go for it. Go big. And I sure hope you can do it what you what you and miss ford do that i applaud so much that, that dave and i talk about all the time there are those that sit on the couch and gripe at the tv and then there are those who get up and go fight and it's not an easy fight it, it takes a lot of stamina but if it's worth it you'll do it right and i think you're of the mind and dave's of the mind and in what we're trying to do in, here in Arkansas is, look, we're trying to say, look, we're tired of telling us why you can't. I want to hear why you can't. Amen. And uh, so I think you guys got it done in Arizona. And, and we're looking to that as an example, right? Yeah, we want you to come and tell us, how'd you do it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I understand that. Well, and your numbers, your numbers are so much more attractive than ours. I mean, we, we have a one-vote majority in both the House and the Senate. And when wow. I was there, it was pretty much the same. I had... My, my two years as Senate president, I had a two-vote majority uh, in, the, in the Senate. And wow. all that means is that uh, if a couple of your Republican friends go south on you, you You're just done. lost it. Yeah. You're absolutely. done. Yeah, that, that's happened. And guess what? Those Republicans are not in the state Senate anymore. Well, yeah. And especially not here. Not here. Well, <laughs> we yeah. And if you look, uh, Iowa is uh, kind of exciting right now. Uh, the, the governor there is advancing school choice and getting some resistance from her own party. And I think she went out and primaried uh, a whole slew of folks. Senator, 
let me ask you this. And I know you get frustrated with this the same way Ms. Ford was talking about. Why do you see that education has to be a partisan issue? It's, it's about children. How frustrating was that for you? And you're talking about a, a, a tight reign between the, the House and the Senate in the state of Arizona where we have a much clearer majority. How difficult was that for you to get people to understand, look, this is not about left and right? It was very difficult. I, I certainly will admit uh, because education can't really be partisan if you think about it. I mean, uh, I mean, I certainly would want Democrat families to have the best education for their children as well. So I, I don't see this as a left or right thing at all. But unfortunately, it has historically been uh, defined that way. And uh, in all of those 25 bills I mentioned, I got zero Democrat votes. Yeah, that's just, that's amazing to me that people can't put. You know what that tells you? He does a good job of herding cats. Well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because in your deal, you had to have the, yeah. I, I had to have right. just about everybody. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, it just amazes me, though, that people can't put that aside. And I'm talking about Republicans, too. Oh, I mean, amen. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, Republicans can be uh, as, uh, what shall I say? Reticent. Uh, yeah, 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 as anybody else on this, yes, they they, they can be resistant, and, and we would have to have heart-to-heart -heart conversations yeah. uh, when I was majority leader and president uh, with with my colleagues in that regard. Did you find a Did you find a issue before y'all were starting to get this done that we're having right now? Me and David focused on as far as reading and comprehension. Our percentages are just terrible. I give example. Uh, uh, North Rock School District, 75.2% of kids can't read at grade level. Plastic County Special School Districts, uh, 70%. Even our best schools, our best schools are at 50%, and that's our best right now. Is that an issue y'all face in Arizona? It's an issue that we have faced, and, and the school choice that we've been able to implement has to a considerable degree been in response to that. Plus, we kind of have an unusual phenomenon in that uh, we were out front with the charter school effort, first uh, passing that legislation in 1994 and then expanding it as well. Arizona has 230,000 students in a charter school. That's over 20% of all K-12 students in Arizona are in charters. And there is now also a, a significant movement towards uh, the private schools in that regard. Uh, there are opening in the coming school year at least 10, 10 new private schools in the state of Arizona because of the passage of universal ESAs. Right. We're going to continue our uh, discussion with the former state senator of Arizona, uh, Mr. Yarborough, here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Stick with us. We've got more coming your way here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Now, he wasn't there when... Universal School Choice went to full Monty, but still, it takes people like what the senator did to make it get to that point where you can make it happen. Just like, you know, I said, I've talked all the time about uh, State Representative uh, Westerman, and he was the one that came up with the idea of the money following the kids here. He had read about it, and he wanted to do it here. Well, that was back in 2010. Well, now he's 
you know, he's a congressman from uh, Arkansas, and uh, you know, like I said, he got called every name in the book but his own. Uh, they didn't, that's when the Democrats still ruled the roost here, and I do mean ruled the roost. Uh, we had four uh, Republicans in the House and one in the Senate. And now you look at it, and we've got what? Um, we've almost got 100 in the yes, House. Sir. Yes, sir. We? And we've got, uh, I think, what, 30, uh, 20, 28 out of the 35 seats in the Senate. Yes, sir. You know, what I say is... I call that, sir, a majority. Yeah. <laughs> what I say is, and I was talking to the senator during the break, is, you know, people say, well, it's a hard trail to go to. Down, well, you know, think about the guys like Senator with Senator over here and, and Westerman and, and Dave and Miss Ford and people like that. There was no trail when they started chopping it down to create a trail. So you may say the trail's a little rough, and I want you to think about what these folks did to just get the trail open. You have your machete still hanging on the wall? <laughs> I, I still have a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, what, how you speak is true. It really was, man. They shouted me down on my own radio show <laughs> about, about that stuff. But, I mean, I, I just feel like this is for the kids. It, it really is for the kids. You can't continue to do the same thing over and over and over and dedicate 61 cents out of every dollar that the state raises in taxes to, to you know, K-12 and get the same results and not do, and not do something different. That makes no sense to me. You know, and I kept reading, and I, I read fee, the fee people, and I was reading the people from Cato Institute and all kinds, the Barry Goldwater Institute. I was reading all those people, and they said this was the way to go. They were all allies uh, who helped when, when we started down this road, certainly blazing that trail, and those were among the groups that uh, helped because nobody does it by themselves. I no. certainly uh, had enormously uh, committed people who were working with me when we took that path. Well, when we talked about it here on this show, look, I, I've been lucky enough that I've had politicians, and look, at it, politicians putting their, putting their careers, so to speak, on the line when they come and talk about this stuff. And they would sit down and publicly talk about why we needed to do this. And they weren't, people weren't happy with them. And I won't say that even their own party was happy with them talking about it. They were upset about that as well. That's changed. The big change came, I do believe, as far as universal uh, education here in the state. Uh, when our, our, uh, our state uh, uh, party put in the platform, for school choice. That changed, that, 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 that gave, it took away hiding places for Republicans at that point. And now we got everybody, it seems, I won't say everybody, but the majority of the Republicans are, are on board. Still, still a dogfight in, I'm sure in committee, there's a lot going on, right? Yes, and as was mentioned early on, we have a new governor whose number one position get rid is of the repeal of the entire ESA program. Amen. I mean, it's just like, oh my. It's a never-ending fight. Well, yes, and since Universal ESA took effect the end of September, uh, like I have told several times, we have 
had over 40,000 people sign up for the ESA, and I'm predicting That's that huge. that number is going to be over 50,000 by the time school starts in September, and you know, new schools all over the place uh, in in Arizona. And, and that's all on top of the fact that we have the highest percentage of kids in charter schools of any state. That's all on top but of that. But that governor doesn't care about that. No, she is not uh, a fan. Uh, I think she made a promise. In fact, she said this publicly. She made a promise to the teachers union that uh, if she got elected governor, got the nomination and then got elected, that, that her top priority would be do, to do all she could to repeal school choice in Arizona. She's hoping to lead the governorship and go take wine gardeners. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I got to ask this if I got just a second, if it's okay. Because you've been a trailblazer One before, minute. Dave. It's, it's a deal. What would you say to the young uh, representatives and young senators? Because every, everybody's finding a fight to throw punches, but you got to take punches. That's true. You've taken a lot of punches, right? Yes, sir. And to get this done. What do you say to those young representatives and those young senators young about that? I would say that if you don't believe in something really important, then stay home. Yeah. We don't need you. Don't in run. The, in the right. legislature. <laughs> right. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we might have a few more moments with Mr. Yarborough, state representative. He was state uh, senator from the state of uh, Arizona. School choice is what we're talking about. We'll continue that discussion. Jimmy's here with me as well. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back at the state capitol. We're live uh, from the state capitol. We're going to be having a huge rally today from uh, Americans for Prosperity. The Arkansas chapter pulled us together. Ryan Norris has already joined us on air. We've talked to him. He'll be back a little later on in the show. We'll talk to him further. Uh, but we're talking to some of the people that are going to be speaking here today. And uh, one of the folks that are speaking is a man I've been wanting to meet, and I told Ryan, of, of everybody who's speaking, I want this guy on my show. And his name is uh, Mr. Yarborough. He is a former state senator from the state of Arizona. He uh, is instrumental in school choice in their state. He is instrumental in universal school choice in their state. And uh, he, he's made a huge difference in the state of, uh, of Arizona and uh, now we've got a governor here in, uh, in Sarah Sanders, and she is going to make a huge difference in education here in the state of Arkansas. I can't tell you how excited I am right now. Oh, yeah. I, I have been waiting for this for a long, long time, and I'm finally seeing it come to fruition. And when you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when your first kid's born, <laughs> you know? I, I tell people this all the time, Jimmy, the people that get a wife that's pregnant, and I look at the, the fathers-to-be, and I said, I want to tell you, I want you to tell me when I see you after your child is born, if that is not the heaviest weight that you've ever held when they first put your child in your arms. And everybody, nobody understands what I'm saying that hasn't been a father before. Then it happens, and then they know. That's and right. You, that's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah, like, Priorities cool. change very quickly. This is cool, man. The people of Arkansas do not understand how cool this really, really is. And is is this new governor in Arizona trying to 
kind of cut you guys off before we can see the results of your hard work? Is that, I mean, it's hard to cut a program if it's really successful. Well, she does want to eliminate the uh, universal ESA program, and she's made that abundantly clear. Uh, I know her fairly well. She was the Senate Minority Leader when I was Senate President, so oh, I know what uh, well, what she's up to, and uh, it's going to be a struggle. But I. I have confidence that she will be unsuccessful in that regard. The new Speaker of the House in Arizona was the prime sponsor of the Universal Good. ESA bill. And so I am pretty confident that, that uh, any effort to repeal uh, is not going to see the light of day uh, in uh, Speaker Thomas' uh, house. The uh, but of course, Arizona has what we call initiative, and if our opponents can go out and get over 300,000 valid signatures, they can send the uh, universal ESA bill to the ballot in 2024. And so that's certainly possible. They tried to do what is called a referral. They tried to send it to the ballot back in this past September, but they came up short. Uh, in their efforts to secure the necessary signatures. So now they may move over and try an initiative. We'll see how that works. One of the biggest opponents they ran into was a, a lady by the name of uh, Gretchen Conger, who was uh, uh, on the, uh, the governor's staff. In fact, uh, she was uh, second in charge. Correct? She was the liaison to the legislature. I dealt with Gretchen on a regular basis and I'm very fond of uh, we're glad she's on our team well she's yeah. on our team now <laughs> she yeah. works uh, you know she works Governor Sanders governor. can recruit you gotta give her that governor well Sanders yeah, yeah she brings in uh, uh, Jacob Oliva from Florida that's a great hire from yeah, heavy our hitters view. man and so we're we're excited to see that Gretchen was of course her campaign manager and is now her chief of staff and will do a great job and you have a terrific set of uh, legislative leaders and a great legislature, in my opinion, to go with a fabulous new governor. Have you had a chance to talk to the caucus at all? I talked last night to the Republican caucus. Uh, it was an extraordinarily wonderful event. I think there were over 100 legislators that uh, uh, showed up. and. Uh, we had a, a great time, and I hope uh, encouraged them to uh, to join the fray, uh, to do something significant, and to be able uh, later on to look back and and see the benefit to kids of improved academic achievement. That's what we're trying to accomplish. Although uh, Dr. Wolf, who was one of the speakers, talked about civic engagement from students who are in schools of choice and how they actually mature and how they become leaders and how they avoid issues uh, in their lives to a considerable degree. So that's all encouraging as well. Well, it goes into the crime thing. Yes, sir. In, uh, in which we have a lot of that. It goes into business, too, because yes. let me tell you what. How many businesses want to move to a state where 30% of their, their people that are graduating from schools can't read a grade level? That's right. 
Wait, wait. I mean, that, you get it. Look, that's just the, that's just the ball facts about it. Yeah, e economic factors huge. The the violent crime factors huge. Uh, and, and that's not just us saying it. That science has proven that. You know how the left always wants to talk about science, right? <laughs> okay. Well, here's your science. You know, and the, when you were talking to the caucus, <clears throat> there's meetings that people go to and, and they listen, and then there's ones that they really listen. Did you find that the, the Republicans you talked to were laser-focused yeah. on this? Are they engaged? I certainly felt like they were, and I, I was impressed by the numbers. I was impressed by the questions that they asked the panelists, and I was certainly impressed by the very fact that they were there and that they are enthusiastic about what we're trying to accomplish so you came away pretty upbeat about what we're doing here? I sure did. <laughs> Start, he's, he's here right now. We're, we're, you know, we're out now harvesting all the hard work. He's been out in the fields planning to get to the harvest. For I'm going to throw you work. in. I'm going to throw you in there, too. Senator Yarborough and, yeah. and Dave. Give Dave I mean, some credit. Yeah. And, uh, you guys, deserve, all of y'all deserve a lot of credit. You really I do. want Bruce Westerman to come back. I, would I love wish he was here to today yeah. and yeah. To, to speak out about that. Hey, yeah, I wanted the, kid, the money to follow the kids, and nobody wanted to do it. Now, I've asked him that. He is such a humble guy. He really, really is a humble guy. And I asked him, huh, do, you, do you feel acquitted a little bit now? And he says, ah, the good people picked up the, the ball and carried it after me. That's the way he is, you know. And now he's going to be the head of the uh, Committee on Natural Resources. Yes, he is. So that's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, he does that. So Sen I'm, I'm, all, I'm all excited about this. Senator, yeah, how, how good do you feel about the work you've done? Because we talked earlier, nobody lives forever. We're, we're all, you know, I'm 60. The work you've done, the work Dave's done, the work Miss Virginia's done, you know, the, the real fruit of that, we're never going to see. But how important is that for not just you, but Dave, how important is that to you guys to leave that to leave that behind, knowing that? Well, I would certainly say that it's vitally important. It means a lot. And I wasn't kidding earlier when I said if you're not engaged in something really significant, and the education of our students, of our children, Absolutely. certainly is, then just don't bother. Let somebody else do it. Get out of the way. Right? Amen. And, you know, I, you probably have had this discussion. I get tired of people saying, you want to destroy public education. No, I don't. I want public education to be better. Yes, exactly. And the research, the science, Jimmy, demonstrates that as school choice improves, advances, the students who stay in the district schools, they do better. It's, it's, it's a win-win proposition, not only for the kids' exercising choice, but when choice is meaningful and competition is real, then the other kids do better as well. They do better, don't they? And you want to know what else? They start hearing from the parents, they'll take my money somewhere else. Why are you leaving? Because they'll always ask them while they're leaving. Well, I'm not into all this gender crap. You know, guess what? That stuff would disappear. I'm it, just telling you, it will disappear. It will. And, and we talk a lot about Senator you know, school, you know, but, but we know of such a failure with, like, the North Rock School District, which is a large one of the top ten largest school districts in the state, and a complete, absolute failure. 
We don't want North Rock School District to go away. We want North Rock School District to come up and succeed. Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. That's exactly what I want to do. Well, because absolutely at the end of the day, somebody says, "Well, is this going to is this going to destroy public education?" I say, "No. There's still going to be a whole lot of kids who are still going to be making that choice." And it just needs to be the best possible choice for every kid. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Senator, again, my thanks to you for giving us this time on the air. We're going to go to a break. While we're doing the break, I want you to take a picture of me, the Senator. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can get and, one with me, too. Uh, this, is, this is great. This is great. Thank you for coming to Arkansas and, and speaking about the fight that you guys have had in Arizona, the win that you had in Arizona. Thanks for sharing Gretchen Conger with us and letting her come to the great state of, of Arkansas now and continue this work on education. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, let's take a break. Send it back to you, Aaron. Let's take a break here on Steve the Gabriel, Art Rosewick Show and give you your uh, weather and yes, your traffic indeed. and all the rest Thanks here on 1011 FM. The he is a constitutional officer here in the state of Arkansas. Used to be a state representative. Decided to run, decided to run for treasurer. And I tried to talk him out of it, didn't I? <laughs> well, I tell you what. No, stop. I tried to talk yes, him out you of did. it. Yes, you did. But I will say that, you know, the most encouraging, uh, supportive Thanks, words that I got around the state were from people saying, who's going who's gonna to take That's up exactly the, the time, you know, in the legislature, like for homeschooling? That, you know, I was, the lead, I was the lead uh, sponsor of every piece of legislation on homeschooling since 2013. But Cameron Cooper is taking up the mantle. He's a homeschool parent, a state representative. He'll do a great job. Well, if you run into him today, you tell him to stop by here and, and, and talk to sure. him. I will. We'll be, be happy to have him on the air. So is it as is exciting as you thought it was going to be? It is cool. It is so cool. <laughs> you know, we, we've been busy since the election on transition. And it's, uh, I told people for several weeks because we interviewed all of the uh, staff uh, that wanted to be retained from the previous administration. They've done a great job. And we ended up retaining out of 35 employees, 21 staff members. Uh, brought on some great people and our executive staff. But, you know, when you do all those interviews, and I sat in on every one of them, and then we had vendor meetings. I went from telling people that I felt like I was drinking out of a fire hose to then saying, you know what, this is getting real. And it's real cool. And uh, so the last week has been exciting since the swearing in. Uh, you know, there's always something unexpected that happens. Uh, I think I've got a great staff that is responsive, and, and, and we just don't lose our cool. Now, I know that you and other treasurers around the, uh, the country have removed your money from certain uh, uh, businesses. Uh, is it BlackRock? BlackRock, uh, primarily, yeah, and that he was... Called, he called you a Satanist, you know that, don't you? I'm sorry? He called you guys Satanists. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because Musk, Musk called him a Satanist. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, in February when I uh, uh, first, as you, as you know, I first started running for Secretary of State, right. and then I switched to the Treasurer's race in January of last year. In February, I met with Treasurer Milligan and... Uh, just to talk about, you know, if I, if I say things on the campaign trail about innovations or changes, I'm not being disparaging of you. And then I asked them, what, what about our investments in BlackRock? 
And he said, well, let me, let me look into that. And then two weeks later, he announced that the Treasury was pulling $125 million, uh, out of BlackRock Investments. So, yeah. so I commended him. I, I said then I'm going to continue that. We're going to dig deep, uh, find out where there might be other funds that we're associated with. I know uh, I sit on several boards of the retirement systems, and they're heavily invested in BlackRock. So uh, I, I'm, I sit on the Arkansas Highway Employees Retirement, and uh, I think a report I saw is they have $800 million invested in BlackRock. I've already told Lori Tudor, watch out. Yeah, across, you know. the, across the states, this is the movement. Missouri did it. I know we have done it. Florida's done it. It's all because of ESG. ESG, that's exactly right. And, and that's what... You know, that's the thing I said to Lori, and it was, you know, it was just kind of a passing conversation that if her retirees know that they're so heavily invested in an ESG um, scored investments, they need to know that non ESG scored or the ones that don't get as good of scores according to ESG have a 14% higher return on investment. I said, if you're retiring, you your money in their company. It's to get a high, the highest return. That's exactly possible. right. I mean, you want to keep it safe, and and that is our mantra in the treasurer's office: is that safety is first, liquidity is second, and then return on investment. Yeah, don't put all our money in Bitcoin. No, oh, no, 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 no Bitcoin. <laughs> I, we're putting in a sensor and won't even let anybody walk in the door if they've got a Bitcoin in their yeah. pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But, you know, that, that's the case. The case is if you're supposedly doing things to punish businesses. Yeah. And these are the businesses that are making money, and, and you're investing to make money for your retirees or your teachers or whatever it is. It seems to me you go where the money's at. Well, most of these ESG-scored uh, funds... First thing is that they they don't support fossil fuels. Well, agriculture is the number one industry in Arkansas, and agriculture depends on fossil fuels, not just for fueling their equipment, but for fertilizer and all their other needs. So it it really is not wise, and I find uh, that in my position, it, it's not. The, I have to be responsibly, uh, you know, a fiduciary responsibility, and to, to use a woke capitalism's cancel culture metric is the opposite of being responsible when it comes to your fiduciary responsibility. You're not going to farm, you're not going to run tractors, combine, anybody who's on electricity. That's exactly, no, it's not. So, uh, you know, we're all in, I'm pushing back on this. Uh, I've been telling people that I was out talking about the problems uh, of ESG long before many even legislators knew ESG was anything other than three letters in the alphabet. Yeah. And uh, so I'm so glad I commend, have commended uh, Senator Ricky Hill. He's uh, sponsored a bill. Uh, we are now, I will from say Cabot, this. Man. He's Eastern from Cabot, Cabot yeah. yeah. And I've, you know, I've told him that my staff is looking closely at giving him information of what the ramifications would be because uh, it tells the Treasury, the Treasurer, uh, that we can't invest in ESG-scored uh, investments, which is fine. But it also it does speak to the issue of deposits. And we're just going to have to take a look, give him information of maybe the unintended consequences and what can we do 
to make this work. But, man, uh, uh, just in terms of um, the issue, the ideology, uh, I'm fully in support of anything that pushes back on BlackRock. Very glad to see that Vanguard has reversed course. And uh, they're they're part of our e- the part of our educational five two nine program, right. uh, so we're really excited that that we've that's one right. less that we have to go after. All right, we're out of time. Thank you for coming by, Mark. Well, sure, that usually happens, right? I, I talk thank so you. much that we run out of time. Thank you. Thank we'll you have very you back much. Back on the Dave Ellswick show, we'll be here every Tuesday and Thursday. So whenever you have time, stop on by. Universal school choice support. Then I was I was there when it wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. So have I. And, and like Bruce Westerman, I've been called every name but my own at times, just to be honest with you. But you know, this this is exciting, man. How many how many times have we come here thinking we were going to get something done, and then have the rug pulled out from underneath us? We've gotten close so many times, and we did get. You know, the Succeed Scholarship has been around for a while, yeah. and that's been great. I mean, absolutely but fabulous. This, but underfunded. It's great. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it's breadcrumbs. It was crumbs. Yes. You know, they're just trying to keep us happy, kind of like the poor man under the table uh, of the rich man, you know, yeah. the poor man. And then we got that, that SB 680 last, uh, last session, which was the first kind of... Him kind of heading towards Universal. That was just, but it was it was still pieces. I mean, right. it was it, it helped hundreds, not tens of thousands. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was our first kind of victory. And I told you last time I was on the air with you guys uh, when when we got 52 votes, I had to really quickly think. I was so used to think losing. That. Yeah. yeah. I said, wait, that's that's more than 50. This is great. Yeah. But, we won. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, you're right. I mean. You can. There's an energy. There is an excitement now as we look at the future of our state and see what is on the verge of happening. We are so close to it. Think this about is that, Carlton. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Yes. Uh, the the energy is completely different in two years, and you want to know why? Because people saw how ridiculous it all was when COVID hit, and they went online and they said. What? What's that they're teaching? What? Yeah, that changed it. And that, there were several planets that aligned. One of them that. We had the other was the Virginia, the governor's yes. race in Virginia. When all of a sudden, when, that's when the parents realized, I have to stand up. I have to become active now in my children's education. And they started seeing parents dragged out of school board meetings. Yes, yes. Isn't that funny? Because yeah. we had Miss Ford on and back in the uh, 90s or, and uh, the early 2000s. She had the same thing happen to her. This is her book. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I brought this. I'm hoping I bump into her and she'll sign it. I, um, this well, I'm is sure a, she told me she loves Christmas. you. Well, she's, yeah. a, she's a great lady. She is a great lady. And I, I, I got this. This is a Christmas present. And I read it, and I texted her, told her how amazing this was. And uh, so we've, we've texted quite a bit. But she's so excited about Arkansas as well. Oh, I am. I'm just it, – it was fun talking – uh, to the state uh, senator from Arizona because he's seeing some fruition not only for his state but what he did in his state is leading the fruition here in Arkansas. It's amazing what's happening. It's, yeah. it's spreading across the United States. As, as Jimmy likes to say, it's like an oil slick. <laughs> it's, it's slow. It just... It just... It is. Yeah. 
Well, but it's an idea whose time has come. Yes, it has. And, and a lot of elements have, uh, have come to, to put us in this position to, to be able to now move forward with this. Another lady from Arizona named Jenny Clark who has really been instrumental in, in getting that across the finish line in Arizona. Uh, it, it's, this is a good thing here, and we've got a governor who has made it a number one on her campaign as she campaigned across the state. And as I've said, I, I spoke to the Arkansas School Board Association last month, and I told them this is wildly popular in the state of Arkansas. Um, get a seat at the table if you have concerns, because this is popular with rural and urban, Democrat, Republican, white, black, male, female, every way you slice that demographic pie, school choice was popular. That's that, and, and that's the real, to be honest with you, that's the really exciting point. It, it really is. Speaking of Arkansas School Board Association, okay, and not just them, but other organizations, Superintendent Association, the Education Association, what are you hearing? It, what, I know there's going to be some pushback from all those organizations. Let's be pushback today. We've been hearing that they're oh, right. going to show up today. So, so what are you hearing? When you address the Arkansas School Board Association, what, what are they saying? So, Let's, let's let's address this in a fair way. Okay, so let's just say you are a superintendent of a school, and it is your job is to maintain that school district. The, what works to your benefit is the status quo, and that's going to work to the benefit of any CEO. Mm-hmm. They, want, they want the status quo. They want things to be static and how they always have been because they can manage that. So there are natural fears that if school choice comes in, it's going to disrupt the entire paradigm with which they have operated for years and years and even decades. So then let's just say, is that a valid concern? Is that a valid concern that that, that the world is going to change so drastically? Is education yeah. going to end as we know it? Yeah. And so so then let's look at actual data. I heard you guys right. talking about science as, right. I was, yeah. as I was driving in this morning. Let's look at the actual data. Dr. Patrick Wolf from the University of Arkansas, one of our own data survey after survey and quality research has shown that it doesn't happen and what actually does happen is public education improves the data supports that they bring us water thank oh, you we need i've been living on coffee this morning let, uh, cut back. let me ask you this okay in north rock school district is your school Classic County School District. Yep, I also have them. The, the reality is, especially on reading comprehension, North Rock School District, 75.2% are not reading grade level. Classic County School District, 70. How, how important is this to help them succeed, to get better? We don't want them to fail. We want to see North Rock School District rise. We want yeah. to see Classic County School District from your perspective on this, how does this make them better? Well, okay, let's look at the data on that as well. 18 studies across the country studying the effect of school choice on educational outcomes. So we're not talking about anything else, just educational outcomes. And that's outcomes. what we're really, really, you know, interested in. Yeah. So let's look at that. So you, out of those 18, 11 of those nationwide studies, and we're talking about extensive studies, 11 of those studies show increases in student achievement. And we're talking across the board, public, private. Increases in student achievement. Five show no change. And there were two that showed a negative. Only two out of 18. And those two were both in the state of Louisiana. And in the state of Louisiana, when they incorporated school choice, had so many regulations on it that most of the private schools would not participate. 
So you didn't have defeated the best the schools. It defeated the purpose. Overregulation. That's what killed. That's what when we talk about uh, taxation and lowering taxes and all the Democrats always point to Kansas. Oh, you're going to do what they did no. in Kansas? No, Kansas didn't do it right yeah. because they oh, they didn't cut the spending and the revenues <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, together. They just did one of them because at the end they caved. They that's compromised right. and they caved, which lost the entire principle of it. Everywhere else it's worked, by the way. Yeah. They don't talk about that. They just point the one time. So when we go into the education side of things as well, it works. It is proven to work. From the administrative side, it works. It is proven to work. And so we've got a lot of case studies across the country that show that school choice brings the best outcomes, the best uh, administration. And as we have always said, as I've said on this show before, education is the fastest path out of poverty. And when you talk about these people who are struggling, they want the, the best way for their child to get prosperous and to be able to achieve the American dream. And education is the way to do that. And here we've got it. We can do it in one generation. All right, we got to get a break in. Aaron, write down 943. I want to use that uh, specific quote from the state representative. Put that in our archives because I want to play it over and over. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. We're here until 11 o'clock today. Uh, we'll be back in the studio tomorrow. We'll be back at the Capitol on Tuesday. So we got a lot coming your way. We're going to be here Tuesdays and Thursdays all the way through the entire session. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM. It's the answer. The answer. This is the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM. The answer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask about that time. Okay. Okay. We are live here at the Capitol. Good to have you with us. State Representative Carlton Wing from Little Rock is our special guest right now. Uh, we'll be going until 11 o'clock. Jimmy Cabin is here as well. And uh, we're asking all, I hope, hopefully, uh, you have been listening, we're asking all the pertinent questions. So as you watch this uh, legislation being put together, Carlton, because we talked to Ryan Evans and evidently a lot of it is already done going to have to be presented, talked about in the committees, and then voted on in, in, in the well of the House and in the well of the, of the Senate. Uh, how excited are you? Is it everything that you wanted to see it be? If I had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm sitting at about a 13 or a 14 right now. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that, makes me, that makes me excited. I mean, yeah. I can't, yeah. really, I want people to understand I am excited because I've been fighting for this since 2001 here in the state of Arkansas. As I told, uh, as we were talking to Mr. Yarborough, the state uh, senator, former state senator from, from uh, Arizona, look, I, I read what Cato had. I read what the Goldwater Institute wrote. I read what Fee wrote. I, I was reading, and see, those are all, all libertarian publications and, and talking about uh, school choice and what it could do. And finally, Republicans started reading it and believing and now not only do they believe it but here in the state of arkansas they're going to institute it and i can't tell you how excited i am i know bruce westerman is excited oh yeah this. yeah yeah one of the one of the early voices in the yes, legislature on this um, but this is an idea whose time has come and sometimes it, it takes a while to because you're talking about an apparatus that's been in place 
The educational institutional apparatus has been in place for decades. Late and, seven, late seventeen hundred. Yeah, yeah. And so, in to, all honesty, yeah, yeah. And so to, to, to change that, it's it's got to take a lot of things because there is a lot of fear out there of what could happen. Yeah. We were talking during the break, and so you know we we, we mentioned a lot of the surveys and the actual science that's on this in the last segment, but. One of the other things that comes out is when you have universal school choice, it's not like 80% of the kids all of a sudden depart. We're talking 3%. Vast, vast majority of the kids stay right where they are. Yes. They're happy where they are. But what this does is it gives the kids who have a need to have another option, that option, which is better for them and thus better for us. And so, and then in so doing, the school districts, if they start to lose some kids for one reason or another, and they go, okay, what, what do we need to do to address that? And that's called that's free competition. Yes. Then you just said free market. <laughs> the free market that's, is like, okay, the key, I can right? adjust. And in this country, we live in a country where you have the ability to adjust and make things better and improve. And the free market works. The free market works amazingly yeah. well. I had Lori Lee on yesterday, and you know Lori. Yes. And, and she was on from the, the of course, uh, the, the alliance. And she made the statement, what we're getting ready to do Europe has been doing for oh yeah dozens, <laughs> dozens, and dozens of years. It's not a big deal over there. No, they, they discovered this a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, for all of you who always wanted to be European, here's hey, your chance. We're catching up. <laughs> all right, that's the way they feel about it. Let, let me ask you this, because when Ryan Norris was on, who just was an amazing speaker, brought up a lot of good stuff, and he and I were talking about entrepreneurship and what that would create. So let's look. At, Let's look at your district. What do you look at as far as what this will do to entrepreneurship and to education? Well, it gives, it gives the leaders of every school district and every individual school data, actionable data. It gives them the opportunity to see why things are moving in just the same way that any manager of any corporation in America will look at data and see where am I gaining customers, where am I losing customers, where are things working and where are things not. And so they can, even before somebody actually leaves the school, but if they see reading scores go down, if they see math scores go down, what's going on? Why is that happening? They have incentive to fix that. Right now they don't have much incentive. No. no and really so don't. this gives them incentive and information, actionable information, which corporations pay a lot of money for this kind of data. Yep. Um, and so this gives them actionable information to be able to look and see what can I do to make my school district the best that it possibly can be. Now, we have to recognize also, and Governor Sanders addressed this uh, in, the, in one of the press conferences that I attended, said, what's going on with a lot of, you know, we have, we have broken homes. Yep. The government cannot go in and fix no, that, and but the correct. government can provide every incentive possible and every means possible for a child who is headed down a dark path to find a light path and get his way or her way out of a bad situation, out of poverty, get the education they need so that they can have hope for a better life for themselves. Well, here's the key, and, and I think that this really helps minority students and it helps uh, single family, uh, single parent families. Look, if you're a parent, and I'm going to talk directly to some parents out there, and you don't give a damn about your kid's education, there's very little we can do except to try to make the changes that will help as many students as possible. Will you not think about your own child and give them the opportunity to be someone, to be a success, 
in the greatest nation on earth. Absolutely. This gives them an opportunity, and we can't say this point enough. Wealthy people already have school yes, choice. Yes, they do. Yes. Wealthy people can afford private school. Wealthy people can afford tutors. Wealthy people can do homeschool and micro school. They can move. If their district is bad, they can move to a better district. People who do not have means or income cannot do any of those things. Let me tell you, it should make every voter angry. When they tell you, you can't have school choice, but they've got their kids in a private school. Yes. Yeah. That should just piss you off. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, sorry, you know, I'm a, no, no, my no, vernacular I, is a little... No, I love, I love you talking my language, but, you know, when you look... And we talk about North Rock a lot, because that's a blue-collar town, but in, you have very hard-working people. That where most families, mom and dad both of them, they're doing everything. They're doing everything everybody asks of them, right? But they're kind of handcuffed because they want better education. They want this, but they don't. Most parents do. Yeah. I'm just they saying. Just, they don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, but I've, I've talked to enough teachers that I know that there are some parents that just don't care. But I will also say to teachers, you say, well, a lot of parents don't show up at teacher, you know, parent-teachers meetings. Let me ask you this question. Is it a meeting or is it you dressing down the parent because they haven't bought into your system? There's a whole lot of factors. There. And there's one thing about school choice is when you are sentenced to your local school, that's a very different feeling like, like than said when that. you have chosen your school. That's right. When you have chosen your school, you have buy-in. You want to make that thing succeed. You feel like you're a part of things, and a lot of people don't feel like that right now. No, they don't. No. They absolutely don't. And it, it was it was starting when I was raising my kids. I'd go talk to the, the teachers. They didn't know I had multiple degrees or anything like that. And they talked they talked to me like I was some yahoo out of the stick somewhere, you know. That tended to put me on edge. <laughs> just to say, it I, made me a little bit on edge. I, I've said this before, and it's just kind of my opinion. I think a lot of parents really were trying to be involved in education, but they got to point a lot of school districts where it was like beating their head against the wall, and they just got fatigued. Now, that's just my thought. I think this will inspire well, I hope give so. energy to those parents with the team. I hope they'll pay attention because it's new. Yeah. And so they say, well, i got to give that a try. Let's see if it really does going to happen. Well, and you, you look at the word that Governor Sanders chose right, and her learns that E stands for empowerment. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it empowering our parents to feel like they have a, a voice, they have a say, and they can do what they think is best for that child. And the reason why we support that from the governmental level is because it provides better outcomes. And the whole reason why we're doing this, why we're spending, you know, over half of every dollar spent in the state of Arkansas goes towards education. We obviously support education. We recognize the value of education. We're doing this because we want good outcomes. We want our children to be better prepared for the future. Let's bring it up. Jeremy, we got a minute. Return on investment. I bring it up every ROI, time. Baby. You we know, want I to give you an ROI that, that you know. can see. Before we get out of here, i got to know, this is going to happen. But does this happen if we don't have Governor Sanders? 
Well, I think uh, obviously Governor Sanders, by leading this charge, has changed the tone in the state of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And, and so what, what she has done is she has set the stage. She has made her intentions very clear from the beginning. There's been no, there's been no waffling about this at all. Very clear, number one priority is education. Number one priority. I'm thrilled to have her energy on this issue because I do truly think it's making a big difference in the state of Arkansas, but it's causing people to have discussions that they weren't having before, and now they're able to come and talk about the data and the science that right. we've talked about here today. They're starting to see, this really is a good thing. I need to get behind this, and everybody who's listening right now, call your legislators and let them know how much you support the empowerment of parents and the educational options for their children. With that said, got to get a break in. News is up next. It's Dave Ellswick's show. Our thanks to State Representative Carlton Wing from North Little Rock. Carlton, thanks for all your hard work, my man. Thank you very much. You're always, oh, there's always a microphone here. When we're here in the Capitol, come on by and I talk to us. It. Jimmy, stick around. we got another hour here on no. the Dave Ellswick show. All right, we're moving into the last hour of the Dave Ellswick show for a Thursday live at the state capitol and we're going to raise our voices just a little bit so you can hear us good because here in the state capitol everything is made of marble because it's marble it uh as you can hear reverberates noise pretty good and the uh the big uh, rally for education has begun here now uh in earnest uh at the capitol and there's all hundreds of people downstairs in the rotunda getting ready to hear from different speakers and then turn around and go and let their legislators hear from them. It's going to be a big it's, deal. It's a great sight. We were just looking over the, the ledge down, down on there, and it's a beautiful sight to see all those people here. All those gold shirts that they're wearing. Yes, sir. I'm liking yes, that. Sir. I'm definitely liking that. So this has been this is an exciting, exciting time, to be honest with you, because uh, as I talked with State Representative Carlton Wing and Ms. Ford, and, uh, of course, talking to, to the state senator, former state senator from Arizona. You know, they they all have been in the pit. They've been they've been in the trenches fighting for this for a long time. Yes, sir. And as as Carlton said, they 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 won they won uh, last year on a small, uh, you know freedom of education bill and Carlton said I had to count the, the votes again and, and, and he says I noticed it was 52 yeah that meant we won he, he didn't even he was like he's not because he wasn't used to we it. hadn't been winning right. I mean we have not won this this is exciting I I cannot tell you how much I just want to say out loud on my show that I credit our new governor with this happening you talked a little bit about that. You asked, would this have happened without Sarah Sanders? Unless the person was a sold out on educational reform and our kids, no. No. I don't, I don't believe Look, it at all. Look, there was, a, there was yeah. a Republican governor for eight years. He wasn't sold out on it. No. I, the, the, the reality is, and I appreciate all our state representatives and our senators, I, I appreciate it. But the reality is, is this is not happening if we don't have Governor Sanders in office. I agree. I and, uh, and, and she deserves agree. a ton of credit. For yes, this. she does. Absolutely. She has said from the very beginning, this was her main theme. Yes. And she has 
hasn't backed off. She's gotten a lot of guff about it. She never, she hasn't ducked her head. She stood tall, and she has, she has spoke clearly and concisely about why this will work. And she's right. Yeah, I know she's, she's right. right. But you know, it's interesting. You said it because on inauguration day, she came. She came out of the shoot bucket. Oh yeah. I mean, she came yeah, out. I enjoyed and, listening to her. And, but boy, it's so nice to have energy again, right? I mean, they, 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 I can't tell you. I've never smiled like this about uh, education reform in the state capitol. It is. I wish people could be here right now because it is truly energetic. I told Carton, told you, it's like, it's like being in a football game. It really is. That right there. That right there. And, and Ryan Norris is talking right now. And and if you guys, if you didn't hear it, go back on Dave's podcast later and go back and listen to Ryan Norris this morning at seven o'clock. Yeah, he laid it all out clearly. Very clear about why what's happening is happening. And he didn't just give, you know, like like most of Yeah, he didn't give bullet points. He didn't give headlines. He got into the substance and the the facts and the science behind it. Yeah. And and so he spoke to Carlton. Carlton, I've been very impressed with how the the study, the research he's done. he, he He is really prepared for this. He's really prepared for and he's a hundred percent behind it. Yeah, I'm that excites me behind him. As that excites me too, this rally. You know one thing I love about what I heard from Carlton is he works closely with superintendents in his district. Yes, he works he does. closely with Arkansas School Board Association, all the education associations, uh as the Arkansas State Teachers Association. Uh, he works closely with all of them, but what he has told them all what he was telling us, what he's looking in the eye and said, look, you know, don't fight this. Get on board because no, it's going to happen. As he said, get a plate at the table. Yeah. You want to have, you want to be able to have a place that you can speak for and not against. If you, if I'm going to just tell you, I'm warning everybody out there, you're going to be against it. Uh, you're going you're gonna to have problems now. Demonstration going on here. I don't see a bunch of red shirts. Are you? No, no. And uh, but I, I expect them to be there. But th- it goes back to that, though. You know, they they'll be loud, but the, but the overwhelming majority of this state wants this. And so when the coyotes come out, what I always say: three coyotes sound like thirty. So you're going to have some people that oppose this. They're going to sound like a big group of people when they really aren't. And you've just got to stay the course because this is going to happen. And I hate that that they don't want to be on board because it's to their benefit to be on board. Well, I don't see why they're not on board. Look, we've given them their opportunity. They've had over a hundred and something years, uh, and I'm going to say since the 80s. Let's just say since the 80s. They've had the opportunity to make public education what it should be. And it has never attained what they said it would attain. Just 10 years ago, you had the school system of North Little Rock say, raise your uh, tax rates, and uh, we're going to take that extra money, make better facilities, and you're going to have a world-class education. Do you have it? The answer is a resounding no. Complete failure. Now, for some of them, for some students, yes. For the majority, 
No. 70, 75, we're going to keep saying it, 75.2% of the kids at Norwalk School District are not reading at grade level. Okay, so it may be great for those uh, for those 20% who are. That's right, and it is. But for the 80% who are, we've, we've constituted failure for them. I go back to, I, David, just, it, I can't understand why there is opposition to this because it, it's going to help their children. It's going to help them. It's kind of like the boat is sinking, and, and instead of the people, you've got the way to fix it. Hey, we're going to get the water out. We're going to get the boat back afloat. Instead, those people are saying, well, it'll never work. So do you just want to go ahead and sink? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what they've been happy to do yeah. is sink. Because, uh, uh, and then it, it's not a matter of every that they have to turn around and they've got uh, their own figures, and their figures are, are ridiculous. Well, they're not factual. They're false narratives. And you know you're not talking about it. We're into facts, not Well, there are always excuses around them. Yes. Always. And, and there is a small group. The reality is, is they're more interested in indoctrinating their social views than they are educating children. And this is going to stop. No, we're not talking about teachers here. We're talking about the people who are running the system. Yes, exactly. And and this is going to put this is going to put it in to where it's a parent's choice. And we talk about getting an indoctrination out of school and getting education back in. This is what this is about. And I think that's what they fear because they're using the public school system. To go into there, you talk, heard me talk about the symposium three years ago at the Little Rock School District, right, with Michael Porter. That it was made up of, look, you know, second, uh, two-year-olds, as young as two-year-olds, can decide their gender. And what they, they were talking about going into early childhood education and kindergarten. That was their focus. It wasn't education. And I think that's what some of the, 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 the minority feels like, is that they're no longer going to be able to use public schools as their platform to indoctrinate. Well, we can take it back all the way to the Murphy Commission. Remember the Murphy Commission? Mm-hmm. All right. They, they put their finger right on education on that commission. Did anybody listen? No. No. Let me, here's, here's the only thing they listened to. More money. And when you talk about education anymore, the, the side that doesn't want what we're talking about today is the side that always answers, well, it's because you don't spend enough money on it. You don't spend, no, we spend enough money, but we don't get the return on investment that we expect to get back for the money that we've spent. No. And, and where's that money going? And I get really fired up because I'll give you an example. And because I did a study on this, right? And the superintendent at Fort Smith School District, Moroski, okay? All right, 67% of the kids in district wide at Fort Smith School District are not reading grade level. Their schools on the letter grades are failing. But part of his package is we're paying for his student loan. Are you kidding me? Well, that's yeah, well I, you're taking my money. We can't read, but we're paying for go, your student loan. Back. He's paying his student loan. You're still trying to pay off yours, and uh, your child is stuck in a public school that that just isn't doing the job. Right. You and, know, and, and maybe maybe you're lucky, and and uh, your child's really bright and takes all the AP classes. But the, you know what? When they get out of high school and they go to college, 
and then they find out that they got to take, you know, uh, you know, a remedial class that you t- they took an AP class of in right. high school. I, let me say this as far as administrations in the, the schools, that's where a lot of the money goes. It's not just with superintendents. It's the deputy superintendents, the assistant superintendents, the executive directors of this, the executive directors of that. They all make big, really big salaries. And the, what I have a hard time understanding is, uh, like, so I, and I'll pick my town, uh, Conway. You know, uh, we give the superintendent a bonus and a stipend, but 54% of kids can't read. Uh, Cabot School District, bonuses, bonuses, all these perks. Okay. Uh, on, on his deal for over $30,000 on time saved up, okay, we know the reality there. And so that was just free money. You look at all these administrations that I did the studies on, that they're getting, now North Rock only gives a $5,000 bonus, and, but I'm still wondering why you get that. But my point is the expense that we're paying for, we're paying for failure. We're rewarding failure with bonuses. Now, let me just say it again. What is your return on investment? You who are business people know exactly what we're talking about right here. Uh, Look, if if you give X amount of dollars, let me just say, let's say you're going to work and have somebody do some work on your house. You're going to come out and work on your debt. If you pay them $7,000 to do your debt, you don't want a piece of, of, of trash. No. You want $7,000 of quality work done at your house. Absolutely. And if you're not getting it, you don't want to hear a bunch of excuses why that $7,000 did well. I, I couldn't get the exact nails. Uh, I couldn't get the exact... I don't want to hear any of that. Right. You said... $7,000, you're going to give me a great debt. You have failed. I probably would sue you. Yeah, and, and here again, I talked about when we said it before. It's our fault, though. It's, it's the yeah. citizen's fault. Yeah. But what's encouraging is look look here in the state capital, all these people here. They're tired of failing. That's right. They're speaking up. They're going to, they're going to fight and stand next to the teachers that are willing to move forward. Here is here is progressivism at its best. And it's happening here from the people from the right, not from the left. Okay, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back. Jimmy's here with me. I can only tell you we've got other uh, guests that are gonna make their way up here as they have the opportunity while they're here for this rally on the, uh, on, the on the Capitol Rotunda. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay with us. Got more coming your way on 1011 FM, The Answer. Ellswick Show. And lo and behold, usually only on my Monday show, but he, he comes strolling by here by my broadcast booth here in the Capitol. Artie Hopper is here. And I, I want to personally congratulate him because without Sarah Sanders, we were talking about this. That's what we're we saying. Would, we wouldn't see what's going on here today. But I'm going to tell you what. Down in the trenches where the battles fought. In football, you would say, you know, offensive and defensive lines. If you don't win those battles, you don't you don't have the guy breaks loose down the sideline and catches a 60-yard touchdown. Who moves pass. the pile, right? That's exactly Who right. Who moves the pile? So let, let's talk to R.D. Hopper. He's been in the, in the trenches. He's been working on the platform for the Republican Party. And he 
He's kind of a one-man wrecking crew at times. And I just want to tell you, R.D., I want to congratulate you. How do you feel when you look down there? If that hadn't been on the platform, there'd be Republicans still hiding behind their masks. Well, it, it takes years. People need to be involved in their county committees. In your Republican county committees, you need to keep showing up. You need to know who your representatives are and who you're voting for. You need to have a say in encouraging people even to run. So uh, we've been in the trenches for a long time, and uh, uh, what we want to see is change for our children in the next generation. So uh, the, we, what I want to see is the people from the counties, when they show up at the state convention from the counties, to let their voices be heard and make sure our county committees unite and uh, that, that the people that go to work every day are represented and uh, the county committees is a good place to start. So, uh, yes, uh, uh, I was fortunate because of my years of just showing up in service to be on the platform committee. And uh, they didn't want any big changes, but I said, hey, while I'm here, we're going to do school <laughs> choice if I have anything to do with it. So, uh, uh, so we wrote, I wrote something and presented it to the committee, and uh, they changed it, turned it around, and, and uh, but it was still the right product when they got done with it. So uh, and it put uh, it in the guy from Arkansas, yeah, the guy from uh, Mountain View, Arkansas, didn't write it word for word, but, uh, but we were able to get a solid – uh, parents come first uh, on the platform, and the kids come first. Education is about children. It's not about a, 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 a job system. How do you feel when you hear that you said that the governor's already spoke? I didn't get to hear. But how do you feel when you hear the governor saying that how important education reform is and that you were, you know, you're part of that? I've never seen this kind of excitement right no. now. No, Dave, I've never seen the excitement of the people down here from Americans for Prosperity giving people the opportunity to show up and let their voices be heard. And uh, people believe in change right now. They believe in Sarah Sanders. Yep. She is not beating around the bush. Most people send out a push card in the mail that says, I'm a nice guy and all my neighbors like me, and I've been married for a long time. <laughs> My kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my kids look and I good. I even have a dog and I don't kick Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We, we have a dog in the picture. But Sarah Sanders showed up and said, Arkansas is going to be my number one priority is education. And parents is where education starts. We're going to put parents first. We're going to put children first. And we're going to get the job done. And we're going to be the leader in this country on education instead of next to last place. So, so uh, and she said, that we're not only going to work, what we're going to work on is parents' choice in yeah, schools. So, uh, let me ask you this: you, you've been in the trenches for years. Okay, you've been in the trenches for years. Okay, a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work. Uh, not not getting exactly done what you wanted done, but then how good does it feel to get a quarterback, a winning quarterback in Sarah Sanders, Governor Sanders, in? We got Peyton Manning at yeah, under, under that center you, that right you, now. That you feel like, hey, I want now. I can. I want to block for this person. I want. I want to play for this person and get it done. You know, it's very exciting. I remember my mind goes back about eight years ago, for Americans for Prosperity was having an event for people to make phone calls for Tom Cotton. So we were sitting there making calls all day for Tom Cotton, and some people from out of state was there, and uh, I. 
uh, doing calls for American Prosperity, I said, uh, hey, uh, we've turned Arkansas we turned Arkansas red, but now we've got to get something done. And they said the first step is to turn it pink. And after you get it turned pink, then it's going to take another eight to ten years to get the to get everything in place to turn it blood red. So all you've done is get started. So it's it's exciting to see uh, people talk about real change and, and getting things done. So it, it's real exciting. But what you have to do, you have to keep showing up. And that's yeah, what the, the key thing is to keep showing up. So we haven't seen a lot of things to be excited about in the last eight or ten years. Be relentless, right? And uh, that's right. I mean, some of the testing, they had some testing for our children that was ridiculous. And we had to get some of that testing gone. And usually in times past, they would rename it and repackage it and run it through. And it smelled a whole lot like what we just had, but it had a different name on it. You want me to talk about testing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we're so we've got the experts here. Yeah, we'll talk but, uh, after, but, uh, after the break. But break it's exciting. Up. I've not seen this kind of excitement, but people have been waiting for this in Arkansas for it's a big long day. time. It's a big day in the state. All right. Missy Bonds, you stay right where you're at. I will. We will talk when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Live from the Capitol, we're having a great time. You heard all the, all the screaming, the holler, and the foot stomping just a moment ago. And, yeah, I'm... You know, there's some teachers who think I'm just saying, yeah, you know, well, yeah, like, oh, geez, I drank there is a when I was younger. But I will tell you this, this is the way education will change this state for the better. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a moment. All right, back with you here at the Capitol. It's Dave Ellswick Show. We've got uh, some ladies that are joining. Missy Bosch is here. Hello. How are you, Missy? I'm good. Okay, you got to talk. You got, I'm going I'm to listen to you. I'm going to put my. I'm going to have to put my headsets on because it's loud here in the Capitol now. It's that, made, I'm glad it's it, loud. It's all made of. It's all made of marble. Yeah. And because of that, it just reverberates. It, yeah. It's loud because of people like Missy and Laura McNeil's here with us. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, it's loud because of people like them. Yeah. And uh, they're and here it's today good. for a special reason. How you feeling about this? When you look out, when you when you show up, and you got this many people, several hundred people, finally. Oh, I'm excited! I'm finally. And the governor comes out, and she lays the law down. Oh, and that's what I wanted to hear. You know, we met her before she ran, and and that was my number one thing: parents' rights, parents' choice, and school choice. You got to let our kids succeed where they're going to to blossom you know quit holding them into these schools that are going to just hold them down and so i'm excited and if that's going to be her you know what everyone remembers sarah huckabee sanders that is all i wanted to hear let me ask this question to both of you hear what you have to say because we we put this to state representative carlton wing Mm -hmm. and he gave us the typical the only time that i heard him start talking like a politician during the whole interview was when we asked this question would this have happened without Sarah Sanders? Yeah. Does no. this does this happen with or without Sarah? I say no. I say no. I say no just because we needed someone that was a parent and that understands Arkansas because she was raised here. I don't but know. I feel like it could have happened, but it would have taken years with us. But it's exhausting. I, but, I can tell you this, and I, and I think Laura's going to agree with me, is – there's been a will for this, but it's but if we don't have Governor Sanders to come in and say no, this is this is what I'm running on, this is what I run my campaign on. I don't I think I don't think it gets done. I don't even think it's close. Mm-mm. 
We needed the governor's backing. We need a strong Department of Education. We need... And we got that now with Yep, the secretary. I I can't wait to get him on and talk to him. I can't wait to talk to Gretchen Conger, you know, who is from Arizona. Right. We talked to a state senator about that today. I mean, uh, it's just incredible to change. In two years, in two years, I have seen more happen than in the last 20 years. And what we've been struggling with, so we were at the conference last night learning, you know, and I, I have a lot of friends that are black that are here today. And they said it has been the representatives that are Democrats, that are black, are like, we're not going to fight this fight. They don't even want to look at it. And their people are screaming for school choice because they see these kids failing and they're stuck because of Zippo. earlier on the show about that. Yes. I I feel sorry for her, to be honest, when she tells her stories about how you vote for the first black president in the United States. And then you got to turn around and battle him over school choice. Right. For right. Your child. And that's yeah. what she did in Washington, D.C. Yeah. That's exactly what she did. I love her, her movie, Miss Virginia. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's been really heartbreaking. But the older generation that's here, you know, probably in their 50s and 60s, they see a turnaround that the black community is getting on board with this and they are starting to speak up. Mm-hmm. Because that's what our whole issue was. We need to have a choice. We need to be able to take, I want my kids out of Cabot. I want them to go somewhere else. But I can't afford it at this point because I have to drive them there. I have to pay out of pocket and I have to pay for special ed. That's not fair. Or maybe maybe you want to leave your kid in Cabot. But the only way to happen is when the, the money can travel with the student. And it may and improve. They will be forced to go with market forces at, at that point. Exactly. Huh? How do you feel about that? What do you, you ran for school board. Yeah. yeah. So how are you feeling? What do you think they're thinking about all of this? I think the schools are scared that it passes, and then a lot of people will not go to the public school. But if That's they claim... It's not what's going to happen. the public schools are so good, what are they so afraid of? I, uh, thank exactly. You thank you for saying that. They should have nothing to fear. <laughs> Very true. Here's here's my deal. You know, you guys both are from Cabot. You guys have been battling the Cabot School District on education, reading, special kids' needs, special needs, individual education plans. It's not that you're saying Cabot can't succeed. You actually, you, you Lord, you want Cabot to succeed, right, the Cabot School District? Yeah, I do. Oh, yes, yes definitely. Yeah. I do want them to succeed, and I feel like giving them a little competition I think this will help them succeed. Does it take a mindset change at that particular school district? Does it take a mindset change to, to get education back on track? Yes. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some people that will need to be replaced. That's what I was going to say. It has to, almost like Sarah. To I mean, let's just be honest. Right. Um, there, there's some people that are in charge there that are not, uh, that will never see, that will never have their eyes open. They're not going to get on the boat. They're and they aren't going to let parents be involved. Um, you know, it's all a farce at this point. They don't understand IEPs the way they should. They don't understand modification and, you know. Um, and we're talking, so everybody knows when we talk about IEPs, we're talking about individual education plans and for students that need that, special needs students. That they need a little bit of extra time for a test or they need to be in a wheelchair like my daughter and so she needs a, a one-on-one para. And, you know, it's just they don't 
have the training and really it doesn't have to be th- a thing we were talking downstairs the representatives i don't think they even understand education because they get this the, re- the reports from department of education and it's like oh the reading's bad or this is bad we need to add more tests we need to make the teachers more accountable well these but, teachers but are just always been the answer more more more, more and yeah. more testing and more restrictions and more and more and these teachers can barely actually teach because there's so many hoops that they're jumping and through they're teaching the test they have to because then they get fired if yeah, they don't they have do. good scores. I, I am going to, and I'm going to give Carlton Wing a lot of credit, okay? And, and if you know me, if everybody knows me, I'm hard on everybody, right? And it's, Boy, if you're you a politician, see I'm how hard, hard on he is on me after this. <laughs> yeah, I but I think we got to give Carlton credit, don't you think, Dave? Because he, oh, what you guys, Wing? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Because he's done more than, than kind of what you guys are talking about. He's actually dug into education to find out what works. He's actually done the research. And so we're going to give Carlton Wing a lot of credit. Yeah. Somebody else we got to give credit. Marty Hopper, who is just yeah. here. I mean, oh, well, yes, he's been working for we, years. We yeah. talked about the yep. linemen that moved the pile, right? That's exactly right. And, uh, Here's a big deal, though. What we're getting, and you talked to uh, Representative Evans, who's the uh, committee chair for That's education. That's correct. Okay, here's what we're getting, and, and I'm going to be anxious to talk to him myself because what we're getting is that he's all in. That, that, hey, 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 just walked by. And, uh, we're, we're getting that, the, that, uh, that Evans is 100% all in on this, that it's not going to matter like Carl's not going to matter – Kind of like you were talking about, Laura, down to the school district. You could say, well, people have got to go. Well, what Carlton's saying and what Evans apparently is saying, say, look, you can get on the bus or you can get left, but this is where yeah, we're we going. Yeah, we can leave you at right. the curb. There's no doubt. Yeah. And, and if we, this and is Sarah's turning point, yeah, she's yeah. not going to let these people, like, oh, you know, maybe we're going to waffle a little bit. No, this is what she's going to work on for four years, yeah. and they better get on the boat or jump off. Well, let's hope that she works on it for eight years. Eight years. That's, yeah. <clears throat> That's right. There's, yeah. some, there's several other parts of her campaign that I want to see happen as well. I want to see the income tax of Arkansas. Oh, yeah. The way the dodo bird. Oh, yeah. I want to, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot that she is probably going to have to tackle. No, yeah. Yes. There's a lot of things to be to be, to be be done yeah. with. i got to get a break in, Jimmy, yeah. and pick up with your comments when we come oh, back. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, you, sir. You all, if you, you want to stick uh, stick around for a moment, you're welcome to. Yeah. Or if you want to go and wave your placard, you can go do that as well. It's the Dave Ellswick Show here at the State <laughs> Capitol Live on 101.1 FM. All right, it's time to finish it up for uh, this uh, first broadcast from the Capitol. Yeah, you know, it's it's been great seen a lot of the state reps again a lot of the state senators again i just real quickly this means a lot to me i hadn't been able to do this for four years and now we're back and we're back in the capitol again a lot of these state reps and state senators that are here i've gone to war with them for important issues and uh it's it's good to see them again i i got a a really nice uh uh text from Robin Lunsfeld who as far as I'm concerned in the last two sessions has been the most outstanding conservative here serving and, and she serves in the house so she'll be joining us probably next next week but also you know you do this long enough and the people that you help maybe inspire a little bit 
they get involved and then they go on to do bigger and better things and we got one of those guys on and he's been filling in on my show once in a while and i want to tell you what i get all kinds of compliments on you wow. Nick. people really like you wow. on the air that's great well nick horton they is probably there. like me better on the air than they do yeah. in person <laughs> <laughs> if i had to guess well, but you got a new you got great. a new thing yeah, a nick's new, great a new nick's organization great. opportunity arkansas yeah. homegrown ideas for real change and that, you know what that's important people who grew up in in a state and in this instance we're talking arkansas who are staying home in their state because they understand their state and what needs to be done yeah I, i think it's really critical i mean i you know you remember way back when i got my start in cersei uh, as a rabble rouser going after the city council they were trying to raise tax after it tax after tax uh we need a swimming pool we need a splash pad we need all this stuff and then went to work for you know the vance arkansas institute for a while dan greenberg was very gracious to give me a chance to get my start and then i went to work for this national think tank which is a really great experience and i learned so much about fundraising and legislative uh you know legislative work and research and communications and all these things but that last three or four years i was there i just really had this tug at my heart where it was like there's there's more to be done in in arkansas and arkansas is my home it's it's my kids home they were born here i hope they live their whole lives here and you know it's i started state i started it's, it's the greatest state in the country it's the greatest state in the country and i, I met a guy uh, I was talking to a guy last weekend, I said, and he's, he's lived in Washington and Indiana and Tennessee and all these states. And he said, man, I'm staying in Arkansas. He just started a construction business in Conway. I said, why? Like, what is Because I, I know why I love Arkansas, but I was like, why do you love Arkansas? He said, two reasons, the pace and the people. Mm-hmm. The pace and the people. He said, nobody's in a hurry. Everybody has time to, to give you a hug and a handshake and ask you how your day's going. And they do. They, right. they stop and they care. And there's such a sense of community in this state. And yet when you look at where we're at policy-wise with our educational outcomes of 48th, 49th, 50th, and everything, yeah, we've got— Thank God for Mississippi. Don't thank God. You know, and, and my goal, Dave, I'm glad you said that because my I'm goal— I'm 60. When I came out of the womb, they were saying thank God for Mississippi. Yeah, okay. My goal with, with Opportunity Arkansas and our organization is to change our state motto. I don't want it to be thank God for Mississippi anymore. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be yet. Maybe we'll go back to the land of opportunity. I want to be Arkansas. I want to be Arkansas. The thing I I like about Nick is he's a a real student of the legislature. Yes, he is. Okay. But the problem that a lot of people have on on trying to keep up with legislative stuff is it tends to kind of be boring. What I want Only people to, to the people that don't understand. Well, that's that's where Nick comes in, and what what I want people to do is is go out and, and find Nick and read his articles because what he does is he takes normally things that might be boring to people and he presents it to the public in a way that kind of grabs them and it gets them into a way to, to see how the sausage is made, where they where his his type of uh, writing skills makes you want to keep reading it. Here's, here's a key, and, I, and Nick knows this because he's heard me say it before. The sausage may not be fun to watch being made, but if it's made right, it sure does taste good yeah. after it's been finished. No, I, I appreciate you saying that, Jimmy. That's a, that's a huge compliment because, I mean, that's our goal. Our goal is to take what happens here inside this you know, marble palace and take it out to the people and explain what's going on. How are your tax dollars being spent? This bill passed. It's important because of X, Y, Z reasons. Uh, one of the things we just started doing 
which I, I've had a lot of fun doing, and we're going to keep doing it throughout the rest of the session, is we started a weekly newsletter. We're calling it non-debatable, which is for those of you that have been a part of the like legislative that. process. It's a, it's a term, a parliamentary term that they use in committee meetings a lot. Uh, and, and if folks want to go sign up for that, they can go to nondebatable.com and drop in their email address. Mm-hmm. It's just a very high level. Here's some bills that were filed that we think are interesting that we're keeping our eye on. Here's some things coming up for this week. It goes out on Monday nights. Um, and it goes out to the entire legislature and, and a lot of our supporters and, and anyone that wants to sign up. It's uh, gotten a lot of good feedback on it. It's been a lot of fun. But our, you know, we want to keep the public informed about what's going on here. Because y- y'all are right. It, it can be very boring. Um, and it can be very overwhelming. It because can. there's so many. I mean, there were almost 3,000 bills filed last session. I mean, but, that's yeah. a lot to take in. But it, while, while a lot of legislators are glad to see you here, there's a lot to go. Oh, God, there's Nick. Because... <laughs> Because you bring to light of day things because so much gets done in legislative sessions that that people don't know about. And they and I'm not picking yeah. on the legislature, but they bank on people not knowing about it to get it done, right? There's there's some element of truth to that for sure. And, uh, and so what you do is provide, say, hey, guys, here's what's going on. And here's what's, here's what's happening that you wouldn't know. And so you're providing a platform to get that information out, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We want, we want people to be informed, um, and I think when the public's informed, we get better public policy. Uh, and you know, we do a lot of work directly with legislators as well because legislators. Are, we got a lot. Of, you mentioned Robin Lundstrom. You know, I think about Kendon Underwood. I think Robin about, Lundstrom, uh, my number yeah. one conservative. There's a there's a there's a strong contingent, particularly in the House, of really conservative legislators. A lot of folks that are 30 to 45 years old. Mary and they're, Bentley. They're th- Mary Bentley comes to mind. Absolutely. They're they're in a stage well, she's of life. A rock star this week. Well, they're, they're in a stage of life that I'm Depends in where they're, who you're talking to. They, they, they've got young kids and they're thinking, OK, like the same problems. I call them generational problems, crime, poverty, dependency, broken yeah. schools, right. broken foster care system. Broken those homes. are the thing. Broken homes. Those are the things 30 years ago when I was three or four years old that my parents were talking about. And I've got a five year old, five and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And 30 years from now. I don't want to just hand them the exact same problems that we've been dealing with for 50, 60, 70 years. And we've got a moment here with the most conservative governor we've ever had and maybe will ever have and a supermajority legislature where we can finally start to get at the root cause of a lot of these generational problems. And it's just a, it's a really exciting time. If, if we don't get it done, it's our own fault. It is. Right. It well, is. That, we've been saying that for a long, long time, yeah. brother. Yeah. I just want to let everybody know I wish you could be here. If you're, if you're not here, you don't know what you're missing. And, and I think I can say this with pretty good clarity, Nick, that I have never, ever felt the electricity that's flowing through this place today. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is exciting. Things are going to get yeah. done, and I'm excited. I mean, I've been already talking to Ryan. I've been talking to, to Carlton and all. The bills have been written. The bills have been written. Now they got to, yeah, they got to go through. The, it's it's not going to be, the old saying of bills go to the committees to die. They will die if they die. It will be at the. Uh, well, there's a lot of Republicans that will die with them. Let's just put it that this way. Because politically, they, because, politically, yeah, politically, they will be back. A... <laughs> you want to be the next Sturch? Stand against the momentum that's going on right now. You want to be the next Bill Samples? Yeah, Stand yeah. against the momentum that's going on in this. This, in this, this is going to happen. Right? This is going to happen. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Can you uh, tell Nick? I'm excited. 
I'm excited to see you this <laughs> yeah. excited. Lynn, Man, Linda, you got the glimmer back. Linda Harvest, a Conway School Board member. She's a legislative liaison for the school board. She just walked by, and, and you're jacked up. Linda looks all jacked up. Are, Are you, you excited? excited? Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> there you go. See, everybody's excited. So come down Absolutely. here and join us. We need you to work now, too. Uh, we got a lot yeah. of speakers today, but uh, after they're all done, we want you to go talk to your state legislator, talk to your state house member, your state senator, and tell them to get on board or be left on the pier. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be that. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Will it be scary? I'm not going to say it's not scary. Change is always scary. Sure. But, I mean, we've seen it happen in other states. Uh, it's nothing that, you know, Fear paralyzes you. You know what? You know the number one of the number one things that is in Scripture? Fear not. Right. Yeah. Because if you fear, you do nothing. Well, we're going to do something this time, and it's going to be completely different than what we've done before. And, Nick, you've been part of it. I've been part of it. I'm been excited about it. Yep. I'm excited yeah, about it. I, I really, really am. I, I, will, I know we've got to go, but I will finish with this. I keep saying it. If you're a proponent of the public school system in its current form, you're a proponent you're of failure. Quo, yeah. You're a proponent you're of failure. In trouble. What we want to do is lift public education. Yes, we do. We want to enhance public schools. We want it to be what it's supposed to be. Yes. And and Linda does, Nick does, Linda does, Miss Argus does. We want to help public schools. We don't want public schools to go away at all. No. We want to help won't. them grow. Right. We know yeah. from school choice there's only a 3% migration away from public education. What does that tell everybody? They get better. That's what it should tell you. All right, we're out of time. Aaron, thanks for all the great work you did back at the station. Thank you, Nick, for stopping by. Uh, thanks we'll for having me. We'll have you back on in the, in the future. We've got to go through this, bo- this book that you got, man. It's great. I will see you again, sir, on Tuesday. Yes, sir. Right I'm here ready. in the uh, Marble Palace, yep. the state capitol. Uh, Everybody, I'll be back 6 a.m. tomorrow or 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, Robert Steinbach, uh, Chris uh, will be with me, and then Matt Smith in the final hour uh, will be out of the studio. See you then on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.